welcome to Critapocalypse episode 202. That's right, we've made it to that magic number, the number of the weast. What? The yeast. The what? The keast? I think that, what? You don't have kind of some nonsense, you know. People yeah, I know, I know. I might actually, I think sometimes I might actually be suffering from a degenerative brain disease. Anyway, and from, from the vaccine, from, from the, the vaccine. vaccine. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about that yeah, first. The vaccine you took for, um, not for COVID. No, for AIDS. Yeah. There's actually a, va- there's guy not a vaccine. said, I've got a vaccine for AIDS. <laughs> it's delivered by you can penis. fuck all the monkeys you want yeah. once you get this. That took a turn. That t- <laughs> That's where it comes from monkey blood, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. I don't know. Um, Anyway, Critical Apocalypse, episode 202. I, I'm so yeah. glad... Yeah, HIV. I'm so Same glad thing. that you brought up my new favourite trend on Twitter. Right-wing, white women, and men, actually. There's a couple of men doing it too. Faking seizures from having the vaccine. And it is comedy gold. Firstly, none of these people have ever had a seizure in their life, which you can tell. They haven't even tried to Google what a seizure no, looks like. it's not seizure. They're getting muscle spasms. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, it's muscle spasms. Yeah. Very, very localised, specific to on-camera moment muscle spasms. Mm. Doesn't affect their phone motor skills, which is really useful because they can still use their phones. Yeah. But they can't do things like drink a beer. One mm. of them does a mermaid impression. Do you see that one where she goes, look, my legs are shaking. And then she lifts her legs up and she goes, oh, shaky. Shaky legs. Um, yeah, it's my new favourite thing to watch on Twitter, is watching the anti-vaxxers break the fuck down, because they're idiots. Who knew that Muhammad Ali got the COVID vaccine years and years ago? <laughs> is that how he got... Was it? Did he get MS or Parkinson's? Parkinson's. Oh, right. I thought he was interviewed by Parkinson's, but he got MS. He, that's how he caught it. Oh, off Parky. Yeah. That prick. Um, so... Welcome to Crit Apocalypse episode 202. We're talking about vaccine scepticism and anti-vaxxers and how fucking stupid you all are. If you're an anti-vaxxer, just get the fuck on. Move away. Go away. Go die somewhere. Um, and the other bit of news is, sadly, a little bit more uh, horrible. Oh, great. Awesome. Thanks. Justin Roiland. I don't bad care. Don't He's care. a bad, bad dude. Don't well, care. I do care. And I want to quickly say that I, in a couple of episodes ago, I reviewed High on Life and I gave it some praise. And we've, in the past, reviewed Rick and Morty and stuff like I that. I haven't. And in the past, I've reviewed Rick and Morty and stuff like that. And I just want to say that, that, you know, obviously, people say to remove the art from the artist, but it sounds like some of the allegations that are coming out are getting darker and darker and worse and worse. And, of course, okay. we should have expected it from some of the humour that is in Rick and Morty and some of the responses that Justin Ronan has said over the years have been quite bad. And it seems like there were some actions to go along with those yeah, I stopped watching stupid it years little ago comments. Because- because the fan base becomes insufferable. It's that sort of show, isn't it? Yeah. It's just insufferable. Yeah. Um, Smiling Friends is better. I'm sure nothing bad will happen for it. Oh, yeah, Chris Chan was on the <laughs> episode of Smiling Friends. <laughs> yes. And then they replaced the voice. Well, Moral Oral had no bad things. We could go back to that. Did it? Yeah. Oh, probably not. And a lot of people have said that Rick and Moy, you know, the actual good version of Rick and Moy is the Venture Brothers, and they're quite right. The Venture Brothers is very, very good. I mean, they, they can carry on Rick and Morty. All they need to do is find someone who can do an impression oh, of Rick and Morty. there's no one out there that could do an impression of <laughs> No, no, I've never heard anyone do an impression of Rick, of Rick or Morty. Or that one other and, voice he does. Do you think they're going to try and continue it? Probably. They, they signed on for 70, 70 episodes, didn't they? Yeah, but do you think they're actually going to hold him to it? Yeah. You reckon Ian's going to want to see that? Ad- adults, yeah, well, Justin Roiland fans... There are fans of him still? Yeah, there's still fans of that Vic fucking what's-his-face who was molesting people. Which one? People. You know the guy, what's he, the voice of um, 
Vegeta or something, Vic Man, I can't remember his freaking surname. But he got accused of a whole bunch of stuff, and everyone's very decidedly gone. Yeah, this guy's an absolute freaking pervert at conventions, but he's still got this massive fan base that thinks he's innocent. That's fucking disgusting. Anyway, yeah, just sad news. Uh, All our best to the victims. I hope they're doing okay. Yeah, this is the show to do that on Crit Apocalypse. The friggin'. Well, I still hope the victims get something from this and he gets punished. Although it's unlikely because only 1% of any sexual assault claims and sexual misconduct claims actually go to court. We'll find out when he's on Game Grumps next, what happened. Oh, God. Does he go on Game Grumps? He's been on Game Grumps a bunch of times. Oh, no! He comes from YouTube. So it was John Yeah, there's loads. loads. He's one of the ones who comes from, like, YouTube and um, Newgrounds animation and stuff like that. Oh, God. Anyway, Anne, your review first. Oh, am I? <laughs> am I first? That's what you did into sexual assault. <laughs> and, uh, oh yeah, the best person to follow that up. Anne, introduce levity to the situation. Right. Well, you know me. Yeah. Never review any tokusatsu stuff on. No, me. you don't know. No. You've literally never done that. Yeah. All right. What are you reviewing? Carmen uh, Rider Ghost. Okay. That's okay. the 2015 Carmen Rider series. It only took me eight months to watch through this. I'm getting. Pretty getting good. Quicker, yeah. yeah, getting quicker. Um, How many episodes? Uh, 50, 52. Fucking hell! Okay, I don't blame yeah. you so much for that. And That's multiple good. movies and stuff. Yeah. I did review the Carmen Rider um, 1 movie. That was yeah, you did too. Is that part of this? It was like tied into it just because it's the show that happened to be on at the time when it probably didn't need to be. But Carmen Rider Ghost is a story, got a main character, can't his name already, forgotten it. Um... Teru Takumi, that's his name. He gets killed on his 18th birthday. Oh, no. Oh, shit. And there's like, and he becomes like a ghost. And there's these things called icons that can hold a soul in them. Yeah. They come from like another dimension where this race like created a utopia that they call a utopia. It looks pretty apocalyptic by taking people's souls like and putting them into these new bodies. Like the, the body comes out around the icon thing. That's inside them, yeah, and their real bodies in like status, so they can't die. So basically, they're like immortal. That's the idea of their utopia. No one will ever die again because they got because one guy got upset because his wife died. Oh fuck! And their mum's died, so he just you know put everyone in status chambers and turned the world into a nightmare. That's another dimension, but they're coming to Earth because they want to expand and stuff. Because you know, Earth's got blue skies, and that'd be a shame if they were stayed blue forever, and they want to turn them red or some shit. Um. But Teru's dad was investigating this stuff. He was in. He was like doing research on it. He had found this like stone that seemed to be a link to this other world. Okay. And you know he was trying to figure out what the icons were all about and all this sort of stuff about ghosts, ghosts in general. Um, and it's a whole convoluted Carmen Rider story, and it? it's the normal thing. There's there's all sorts of characters. Someone bad will turn good. Someone good will probably have a bad streak. You know, it's all that sort of thing. But um, the main premise of the show is that um, Teru Takuji has 99 days to gather together the 18 or 14 icons, or however many it is, um, and each one's like an ancient Earth right artist, like Mozart or something like that, or someone someone from ancient from history. There's a Robin Hood one, there's a Edison, all this sort of stuff. Cool. And he has to gather them all together. They've got the souls of all those in them. Each one gives them special power. So, like, if he uses... Is it like the trapped essence of those humans? Sort of. They're weird, comical. They're all funny, aren't they? Because, you know, that's how Carmen it is. Rider. Um, 
But like if he uses like um the Nobunga, you know, the Nobunaga, the oh, yeah. leader yeah, yeah, of yeah. Japan feudal gets like swords and shit. The guy from Momonusha. Yeah, one of them. But um yeah, he gets like powers based on Robin and gets a bow and arrow, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, because Robin uh, electricity Batman's. powers for the Edinson one. Yeah, speedy, um, Green Lantern. But he's like he has to assemble them. And so the show is like at the start, it's like following this 99-day format. So some episodes are set over a couple of days, some are a week, some are like a couple of episodes might be in one day because the time frame's going all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, and it like it realises like about 13 episodes in, this is going to be a bit of a hassle. So they go and create a scenario with it. Oh, it's the end of the 99 days and now he's, you know, he's got to do it now, but he can't. So he makes a wish to save someone else because he's selfless. And... That leads to him dying again. Oh, no. But his dad's magical, and he had a special icon, and he brought him back to life with this special icon. So he's still dead. He's, well, he's still a dead ghost. He's still a ghost. But now he's got another Mate, 99 he's days. He's still a dead ghost. <laughs> he's, he's running... I mean, for a ghost, he's kind of running around okay. The only thing he can't really do seems to be, like, eating. Oh. But um, he can pass through walls and, like, go invisible. So, I mean, to be honest... Not being able to eat sucks. To be honest, I'd kind of stick with that. Like, well, if you never go through walls, yeah, it's pretty yeah. cool. You are a pervert. You love going um, through walls. Yeah, just like vision. Yeah, there's those those toilets in um, Weatherspoons you can go through. <laughs> oh right, yeah. They got a glory hole. <laughs> um, <laughs> just put your little fingers through. And be like, there's another dimension. Yeah, touching someone's balls. But um, it's yeah, this show does the whole. 99 days thing a couple of times over and you sort of realise that the show's set over like nine months when it's supposed to be a year Mm. but then like they keep referencing events and it seems to hit Christmas exactly the same time as everywhere else Oh, good! it's Christmas, really weird that Um, maybe it was a silly format to try and do maybe they should have just gone with he's got a year to do it, you know that could have been the crux of the finale or you you could have ended that 99 day thing a bit earlier and had the tension be that you know he could actually die for real this time. You know? But they don't. But he's super powerful. He's got ghost powers. He's got a cool look. Oh, yeah. Um, He's got, like, a hoodie. But it's like, you know, a ghost sheet. And the hoodie's over. It's meant to be, like... Look like a bit a like sheet. Assassin's Creed. Meant to look like having a sheet over your head, isn't it? But oh, like ghost. Assassin's Creed. But, um... Yeah, he, he gets superpowers. It's all about the potential of human... Humans and stuff like that. Potential it? to do what? Huh? You know, they can do anything. Unspeakable they can do anything. He crimes. becomes almost godlike we can by do the end of the show. Unspeakable crimes, and we can do so really well. Yeah. But it's like he fights a monster every week, you know, every two weeks sometimes. Some episodes are two-parters. Oh, what? Um, usually there's like some character who's got some sort of obsession with a historical figure in some way, and he has to make a connection with him in the first few episodes. Mm. So it's like makes a connection with them to make them understand that they've got worth and then they can separate from some ghost thing. It's still silly. But um, that gets dropped after a while and just becomes about an angry ghost family in the other dimension who want to take over the world and some of them turn good and lots of people getting blown up. It's all right. It's fine. Yeah. It's not the best Kamen Rider series around. It's got a couple of real good standout episodes here and there, but mostly it's just kind of standard stuff. Um it gets by a lot because the cast is kind of quite fun. There's like he lives at a monastery um, with like a bunch of is one of the monks. He's got a shaved head and he's extremely nervous and over the top and eccentric all the time. Um, and he wants to be a hero and stuff, but he keeps getting his ass kicked. And that's his running gag: is how dumb he is. Um, and there's a ghost dude living in his basement with a little weird floating eyeball thing. Yeah, it's fun. And then there's um, 
a woman who's like a scientist and she has the whole Boulder and Scully thing going on where he believes in spiritual stuff and she believes in science stuff. So she's going to explain it all with science. But obviously the science leads her to conclude ghosts are real. Uh, crap. So she has all these inventions, which gradually get forgotten about as the show goes on because her spraying some magic dust in the air to let everyone see the ghosts mm. becomes a bit of a, of, I guess, an interference to everything. <laughs> so they just sort of forget about it after a while. Then everyone just seems to be able to see ghosts. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> For the start of the show, there's like a whole convoluted, you can't see them, or oh, sprayed the thing, oh, I can see the ghosts. And it's just like, no, monsters everywhere, whatever. Um, that's good fun. There's, uh, it's perfectly fine. That's how, I think most of the most standout episodes are like, a couple of them early on are really good. And then there's like this whole section with an arc where one of the bag, one of the villains called Alan is like turning good. And his whole story arc, and there's a, a lady who makes, um, one of those little, Ball things they eat in Japan. Not Okonomiyaki. Not Okonomiyaki. Um, Unagi? No, it's a little, little dough ball thing. Yeah, it's got like stuff inside of it. Yeah. Um, I think it is Unagi, isn't it? No, it's not, it's not that. One second, let me have a call. But, um, yeah, he is, there's a whole storyline with the old lady who makes them and he likes her, he like sort of, you know, enjoys her food she makes and it makes him feel happy because he's never really had any of that. And then she passes away of natural causes. It's like a really sad story arc. Oh, Dango? No. No, they're little dumpling things. You cook them in a little, you know, little frying thing. I think these are the ones on turn, sticks. Dango are, on, Dango are dumplings on sticks. Well, it's sort of that. Yeah, that's what, they, uh, that's what they're called, Dango. <laughs> nah, something else. Got a better name. But it's, yeah, it's got some good arcs in it every, every now and then, but it is just a normal Carmen Rider series. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't do anything special or clever. It's not like Shin Kamen Rider. See, I never got around to watching it before because I'd watched through. Um, oh, Takayaki. 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 Yeah. Um, so I'd watched through a couple of seasons of Kamen Rider in a row, and Ghost was the next one. And I just got <coughs> that and was just like, eh, can't be asked. Um, then I watched Kamen Rider. And I think it was after Drive. I think he's the one after Drive. I just couldn't be asked. I haven't watched Wizard yet. That's the other magical one. Magic theme one that I just can't be bothered with. Maybe I just don't like magic because it's unholy and um, an evil. Maybe that's the problem. But you know, it's 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 fun. I like the gimmick thing, the little this is belt. I like the costume designs. They look kind of yeah. cool, like nice ghost costumes and monsters and stuff. It's just normal. It's just normal series. There's yeah. a little cameo from the Zeojas, which was oh, a cool. Super Sentai series at the time, in one episode. Yeah. And they point out how their weapons look really similar because chances are they had the exact same design <laughs> underneath them. Like probably the exact same circuitry underneath with different shells on them. We've got to spray paint these every episode at yeah. least twice because they're using the same ones. One of them, you shove, one of them's got like glasses on it for the hilt. Oh yeah. Looks a pair of shades and you put the icon things in them. Mm. Like eyes. Combine the powers. And the Zeroja one looks just like that but it's cubes in that series. So they're just like same looking weapons. Um, but hey, it, it's fun enough. Um, the only like Carmen Rider series from the 2010s I haven't watched now is Wizard, so I suppose I've got to watch that eventually, haven't I? Yeah, that's God your damn. job. That is your job. I don't know if I can be asked because there's one one of the movies where it's like they do these movies every now and again where like half of it's one character story, half of it's another, and then there's like a finale where they come together. And when they did that one with Wizard, the Wizard story was boring, and I kind of didn't really give a crap. And the other stuff was a lot better. But maybe it's because I hadn't watched Wizard. Maybe I need to know those characters a bit more. But it wasn't. It just felt lifeless and dull, that. I like when Ghost was in Carmen Rider x though. That was the first series I watched. 
he, he makes a cameo in that. Yeah. Yeah. And the last episode of Ghost is one of those ones where it's just like, we've already beaten the main villain, so here's an extra Tacton episode, which is all about Carmen Ride of X-Aid. And it sort of sets up X-Aid as if it's going to be a much more dramatic show than it is. Because X-Aid's very goofy. That's the video game theme oh, one with the okay, Doctors. Okay. They've got the big chibi costumes sometimes. I'm still and stuff. waiting for a sequel to um, that incredible adult one that was on Amazon. The one that was just like fucking violent as what, shit. What, Amazons? Yeah, there you go. There was two seasons of that. Was there? Yeah, there's two seasons. Oh, I've got to check out the second season. Well, Kamen Rider Black, Black Sun was this year. That's the new one. Oh, is on it? On Amazon, yeah. It's is much, it Wado again? Yeah, it's oh, freaking cool. great. You have to check it out. It's got the lead, one of the actors from Drive My Car in it. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's got a proper good production team and everything. I talked about it. It's really good. Is it Stephen Yeun? No, that's he's an American and he's Korean. He's in The Burning. Which is what I mixed up with Drive My Car when you mentioned Drive My Car. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, uh, fucking Carmen Rider Ghost. Yeah. All right, so we're going to do a little bit of movie tri- trivia in between reviews. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to ask you a, I'm going to ask you a movie question, and you just tell me what I the I don't know anything is. about movies. Never heard of them. Which movie was incorrectly announced as the winner of Best Picture of the 2017 Academy Awards during the greatest Oscars flub of all time? Uh, Black Adam. No, that was that was that was this year's Oscars, and they oh. didn't announce Black Adam incorrectly because it should have got Best Picture. No, oh. no, this was 2017, so I think, I think it was, Paul, <clears throat> I think it was uh, Paul Beatty, Paul Beatty. Who? Anyway, La La Land. Oh, okay. It's actually Moonlight that won, and they oh. said La La Land. They were like, no, 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 no. It's Moonlight. The actual director of La La Land had to go. We didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> Moonlight one, and then walk off stage. Oh, was, but why did they announce La La He's Land? just crazy and old, I think. I mean, he just said the wrong thing, because he just looks like he's not there after they do it. Paul Beatty? No, not Paul Beatty. What was his name? Fuck. Because um, he's the guy who was um, Tracy, Dick Tracy. Warren Beatty. Warren Beatty. Jesus Christ. So how do you not know the name of one I'm of those famous my losing my mind actors anyway, of so, all time? Gonna start my uh, gonna start my first review if that's all right. You done with Carmen uh, Rider? Yeah, sure, whatever. Fucking yeah. Yeah, you like Carmen Rider ghosts? Yeah, it's fine. Two thumbs, way way up. Yeah. Are Cisco and Ebert both dead? Yeah. Oh really? Yeah yeah. Wait, what got Ebert? What Ebert? Ebert died of throat cancer. Wait, Cisco, sorry, Gene Cisco. Cisco, old. Really? Probably heart attack. I don't know. Who's is he actually dead, though? Yeah, he died in, like, the mid-90s or some shit. Oh, God, yeah, 1999. Yeah. Who would have thought that Cisco would beat Eber, uh, Eber would beat Cisco? Mm. Anyway, um, my first review... Oh, in a fight? No, no. <laughs> yeah, in a fight. <laughs> um, my first review is going to be something that... It's going to be a little bit different, because normally we just wait until the whole series is out, and then we review it. Oh, well, you're so breaking rules. But because... It's a very exciting series for me. Because you've got nothing else no, to review. No, because it's a very exciting series for me. I'm going to review. <laughs> we just had an inanimate object react to my exciting news about me doing episode reviews on the podcast. <laughs> but opening his mouth. Um, I'm going to review episode one of The Last of Us TV show this week. And then next week, um, next episode, sorry. I'm going to do two and three. And then we're going to do two a week after this one. Oh, so you, fill, you just choose them as filler. Choose them as filler, mate. Just yeah. getting one of those reviews in. Um, so episode <laughs> one of The Last of Us. Uh, for anyone who hasn't played The Last of Us video game, I don't think there's any way you couldn't have if you've had a PlayStation in the last 10 years. Yeah, it was... It came out 2013, didn't it, on every console since? 
since then. Yeah, something like that. Um, it's fine. Yeah, Last of Us game's fine. Survival horror stealth game sort of thing. You know, fun game. Uh, we'll get to that later. Um, but the actual program, the TV show, um, I don't know. It, it, I, I don't know if it's fair to say. It's a sitcom. It caused a little bit of controversy. Did it? Is it, is it did it cause controversy? It's woke. Or was it some weirdos? Because it's upset? woke. Is it woke? People it? on Twitter got angry because it's woke because Pedro Pascal is playing Joel. All right. And Pedro Pascal, I believe, is from Honduras. Sure. And uh, his brother is played by Ghost Rider, Diego Luna. Lu- is it Diego Luna that played Ghost Rider on Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D.? It is Diego Luna, isn't it? Don't look at me like that. Don't make me... Don't give me the face. He's the one who plays Andor. Is he the one who... Yeah, he's the one who plays Andor. He played Ghost Rider. Yeah. Ghost Rider. Yeah, Diego... You, you, you can't tell him apart. I just... I can't remember, he's in Terminator, wasn't he? He is also in Terminator, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Gabriel Luna. Yeah, I told you. Fuck's sake. Completely different person. <laughs> They're so similar names. Um, anyway, so Gabriel Luna plays plays Joel's brother Tommy, and the um, the new Ellie doesn't look like Ellie from the video game, so upset people. Oh, no. And then also, Joel's daughter at the beginning of the, the episode, who, spoilers, dies... It's a bit, bit of a bit of a spoiler for the first ten minutes of that episode of the show. Don't because don't let them know that she comes back at the end as a zombie. No, we won't let them know that yet. Um, but she's playing. It turns out she was the one behind she's the virus. Played by a, by a black actress. <gasps> so, and that upset people as well because they're like, Joe can't have a black daughter," and, I, and I'm here to tell you, scientifically inaccurate. He can. Mm-hmm. Just so you are aware. Um, but anyway, so it is. It is almost. Cut for cut, the same story as the video game. There are a few changes to keep things moving along. Obviously, there's less moments where you have to pick up the controller and play. That's yes. good. That's the first step to getting this down. Uh, but a lot of the dialogue is actually taken from the game. And there's a few moments where the dialogue is better. And then there's other moments where it's worse. Does um, Ellie start reading jokes out if jo- if Joel stands around long enough? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And she does. Yeah. She also she reads a comic. If you don't press play on the yeah. controller quick enough, she starts reading comics. I'm hoping when they get to the episode with um, with uh, Nick Offerman, she finds his porn mag because mm. there's that fantastic joke in the in. Uh, spoiler alert! I I recently played the video game on PS5 again, played through it again, and mm. the add-on. I'm gonna review that on this episode. So a little bit, a little bit of sizzle before the steak, if they say. So they say. Uh, but yeah, so they've changed this. They've changed the story a little bit in this one. So it's no longer a case of they're chasing down um, the leader of like a rival smuggling gang called Patrick. They're, they're no longer chasing him down for guns that, that he stole from them. They're now chasing him down for a car battery because Joel's brother Tommy has stopped responding to messages. They've got like a radio system in this one. And so he's basically decided, I've got to get to Tommy because he could be in trouble. Okay. And so he's bartered for a, a car battery, and then he's also got people from the garage that work on the the work in the military to go with him because they want to leave town as well. They want to go and find a new place because they're running out of food. People are becoming infected, and they don't know how. And there's a lot of concern as to what's going on and why it's been been such a shit show there. So they're sort of like coming up with ways to get out, and they're going to move to areas where it'd be easier to survive. Does no one feel like eating mushrooms or anything? No, no, because. Because as you know, that was a very good joke in reference to the fact that it's cordyceps that mm. cause the infection. So it's uh, the ant-based fungal infection that causes yeah. ants to go and become bird shit. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. they go, eat me birds. And the birds go, okay. And the birds shit out the ants. 
And then other ants come on and they go, oh, tasty shit, num, 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 num. Oh, no, I've got brain fungus. In yeah. this, the fungus has gone into people. In the beginning, actually, there's a John Hanna cameo in the beginning where he plays a scientist. Well, he was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. See where I'm getting at. Mm. You're as nerdy as I am, Ant. You just hide it really well by talking about really cool manly things like Power Rangers. <laughs> he turns to Transformers. But he um, he has a really nice cameo in the beginning where he's like, the infection, as as things heat up as, as the environment changes, it makes it so that these viruses that can only spread between animals or creatures with certain temperatures in their body or certain, certain you know, um, metabolisms... It makes it so that we become viable hosts of those creatures as the environment changes. We may become more viable as hosts. And so, like, there's that nice little, like, it's not an explanation, but there's a nice little, like, this could be how it begins. But it's also, it does strike you as something that you would see nowadays. So, you know, like, there's a lot of doom and gloom going on in the news. There people, like, we're going to get hit by asteroids. Sweet. Everything's on fire. And I think that they, there are like speculative programs, especially. Uh, they're going to try like, and explain how the virus. No, no, they don't. They don't. They're going to do it. They're going to do it. No, because that's that's it. That's all you get in this. And spoilers, we're going to go. You're into only the one game episode later. in. You don't know. We're only going to we're going to go into the the video game later, but don't worry. They're going to have an episode like The Walking Dead where they go to the CDC. Oh my god! And then they can't break glass. Yeah. Bulletproof glass that just seems to reflect bullets. That's not how bulletproof glass works. Um, but anyway, I digress. Um, it's a very good episode. It doesn't get to the, it doesn't go all the way to, um, to the first city that they come to where they've got the, they go through the office blocks and stuff like that. It just goes right up until they get to the edge of the town. They're about to leave the like fortified town and that's it. That's where we get to in this episode. They, and as I said, they change things up a little bit. So if you are familiar with the game, if you like me, you've played the game recently. There are some nice changes in there. It flows almost the exact same way, just minus the sections where you're wandering around with exposition. There's just some nice settings and dialogue. I laughed a lot when I saw some of the creators of the game were complaining that they weren't given credit on the TV show. (laughs) And I'm like, oh man, man, crazy. If you had a union, Mm. you might have had credit. Yeah, yeah, but... But the games industry hates unions. Yeah, because there's... Do you know what's really good at crediting people? The film industry. Yeah, because they have unions. Yeah. Yeah. Remember the writer's strike? Do you remember how bad films got? Of course you do. Uh, but yeah, it's um, is interesting. I, I also I've heard that Troy Baker and um, Troy Baker and oh, the girl who plays Ellie, and uh, and both of them are um, are in it. They have cameos, but obviously Ellie's too old to play. Uh, no, so the, the actor who played Ellie is too old. Ashley Johnson, she's too old to play Ellie now. And Troy Baker doesn't really. He's not like a big built guy, and he doesn't look like fifty-ish. <coughs> I know you can make him up to look more like big and 50, but he just doesn't really look like an imposing person. And in this, Joel's meant to be like kind of a scary dude. And Pedro Pascal's like big in it and does strike you as someone who could probably rock a little bit. He's a bit of an ugly fucker. He should put a mask on. Who, Joel? Yeah. He does at one point. Pedro, Pedro Pascal Pedro should wear Pascal. a mask all yeah. the time. There is, so the scene, the scene where his daughter dies is incredible in this. Like the whole run up to that, because do you remember the video game? Yeah, you played just drive it out of ten town. years ago. Don't give yeah. a. <laughs> you just drive out of town, and as you're driving out of town, you get to town. You can't move any further with the car because there's so many people like running and screaming, and you just you and Tommy have to get through town. And he's like shooting, and you're holding your daughter. Um, they basically do that, but they split the two up, and so instead of you going through the alleys and then coming out for a bar, it is just like you've got 
your daughter in your arm. Pedro Pascal has his daughter in his arms. They go down the alley a little bit and then to the right where there's a chain link fence that accesses that same road. The infected have come down it and one of them jumps over and he's just running. And you see him go through almost an exact replica of the bar in the game. Like he goes through the back doors that you find in the alleyway. But it's just because he's just beating it like a fucking crazy man. You don't take in the environment in the same way. And it's just like a really nice little, you know. Is he beating like a crazy man? Beating it. Beating it. Running. What, in the middle of... In the middle of... Uh, like, he's supposed to be saving his daughter? Yeah, because... In front of his daughter? Mushrooms don't like cum, because it's salty oh. and it's moist. Yeah. But mo- mushrooms like are a flavour absorber. <laughs> <laughs> so that infected is going to taste chef's kiss. Mm. Um, but so far, first episode, I'm going to give it to Tom Atkins, because it is it is a zombie-fueled nightmare. That it's very light on the zombies, and it builds up exactly where you want it to. And for just a live action interpretation of the game is exactly what I wanted. All the actors are good. Anna Torv's in it. Do you remember her from from Fringe? I didn't watch Fringe. Oh, did you not? I watched all <laughs> Fringe. Yeah. Anna Torv's in it. She plays she plays Marlene. No, no, not Marlene. Sorry, Tess. She plays Tess. Oh, who, the woman um, who dies like a few really early on in the she game. She's down the next episode, I reckon. They might though. They might deviate a bit more in the next episode because I think that they're going to use her to show how the infection she gets taken on. hostage by the um, by the zombies. Yeah, and Joel no, has to rescue think, her. I think she'll get bit, and they'll use her infection to sort of show mm. how it goes. Like she'll be trapped with them for a period of time, and Joel will have to put her down or something like that. It'll just be it'll just be something that shows because so far we haven't seen how it spreads. You see people get scanned, and they're like, "Oh, you're infected," and they just shoot them in the street. And like Ellie gets scanned, and they're like, "Oh, you're infected." You're infected. She's like, "No, it's three weeks old. It's healed. Look, I'm not infected." But like, you don't see anyone with the virus progressing. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't take their time with it. And I feel like this is the kind of program that if you could show someone being infected, and like begging, like going, "Like, I don't want to do that," and like still trying to snap and stuff, because it could translate really well in this sort of format. Whereas in the video game, obviously, you're like, you're right, fucking kill it, kill it, kill it, kill it. And they're like... You know what's going to happen with the show, though? They're going to adapt the video game for Series 1, and then they're not going to go straight to the second game, because there's a five-year gap between them or something, isn't there? And they'll do, like, a whole load of stories going on between those, so eventually they'll do the second game. I'm wondering if they'll do Left Behind as an episode. Oh, that'll be its own individual episode. I reckon this will be, like, the first half will be the first half of the game. Nicolas Cage film. Yeah. The first half of this will be the first game. And then mm. I reckon the second, sorry, the first half will be, the first season will be the first half of the game. Second season will be the second half. And then the third season will be like an interim sort of. No, they'll, they'll just do like story, they'll just spend four years doing stories that take place in between the two games and then just adapt the second game. There are, like, and then there- they'll get desperate and they'll do a crossover with Uncharted. <laughs> and then they get really desperate and they do a crossover with Crash Bandicoot. Without dimensional portals opening. Oh god, is it Nathan Drake coming through the dimensional portal to help us steal the thing? And he goes, Whoa! Um It's Crash, he wants us to take part in a kart racing tournament. Unlike unlike The Walking Dead, I think the thing about this is, unlike The Walking Dead, whereas The Walking Dead you had zombies, humans, and then other humans. Like, that was basically it. You had the good humans, the bad humans, and zombies. Those were your three groups in that in that series. And like, it was just like they were just suddenly zombies. And, like, zombies don't really evolve or change, although they did learn to climb in the last series. Yeah. <laughs> Big thing. But in this, in this, because you've got 
you've got clickers, you've got bloaters, you've got stalkers, you've got like runners. You have those different stages of the virus and you have those different situations where that could be horrifying. You can tell other stories in this sort of thing. And I think this wouldn't be hard to adapt showing someone in the beginning of something like this. Because you could have like, oh, he was a soldier. He was in a big battle. So you got like the big spectacular battle for the first episode. And it's like, he's just trying to survive with a few people that he managed to get out of like this bad place. And it's just them traveling to places that they've heard are safe. And they just like get picked off one by one. Does Joel make anything at a workbench? No, 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 not in this episode. Uh... Although I cannot wait for there to be Molotov cocktails because I fucking love a good Molly. Molly cocky. It's just, you don't drink them. I mean, you do if you're hardcore. Just saying. Just saying. Uh, but yeah, uh, Last of Us, episode one. I'm going to give it to Atkins. I really like it. It's it's punchy, it's it's violent, and it's also it's capturing that story already. You can see that it's capturing that well. I just want to find out where it goes and how much more it deviates, because I would like to see it change a little bit. Anyway, Ant, your review. Well, you think it's going to change loads? Maybe Joel will get a costume pack, and he'll get to dress up as other characters from other video games. You'll get a red checked shirt as DLC. <laughs> That's going to happen to TV shows someday. I'm not going to get it right. There'll be a point where you buy TV shows and you'll get to choose what costumes the characters are wearing in the scene. There'll be CGI costumes that you'll get. Costume packs. And it'll be AI algorithmed over the actors. You can have young Picard in oh, season yeah. three of Picard. Yeah, get him in. Get Tom Hardy's face over <laughs> Or that other actor who played him. I can't remember his name. But anyway. Oh, uh, Tom Tom Hardy. No, not Tom Hardy. I said Tom Hardy just now. There was an actor who played young Picard in the series. In TNG. He had hair. What? Yeah. And then they tried to retcon that he lost his hair at an early age in the friggin... Well, anyway. Anyway. Um, I don't talk about tokusatsu much around here. <laughs> so I watched um, Tokusatsu Sentai Ranger. Which is the mid 2000s series that Power Rangers SPD was based on, the one about all the cops. Um, this show's pretty good. I quite liked it. It was really fun. It's got a really good team, fun team. You got the, the Red Ban, who's, or Ban Ban is his full name. Um, he's a fireball, a fireball cop, as they call him in this. He's full of energy, full of energy, like charges in head first. You know, you can't tell him what to do. He's going to do crazy shit. Um, and he's got a whole team. Like, there's like the guy who's all serious and stuff all the time. Don't call me partner. Obviously, by the end of the series, he calls him partner back. And that's like, you know, it's like, oh, they're, they're friends now. After a whole series. They're friends already. They just didn't want to admit they loved each other. Um, and then the Sen, who's like, you know, he's smart. He's got a thinking pose. Oh, the episode nice. will remind nice. you every episode. He's got a thinking pose. Yeah, he does a handstand. This is thinking pose. Um, and it will tell you every time. Um, and then there's Jasmine, who's an esper. And the show will tell you that Jasmine's an esper. Um, every time she touches something, she can read their thoughts. Like if it's a dead body, she can find out what their last moments were and stuff like that. Or an object they held, they she can pick up their... Oh, so she's like an empath. Like yeah. A psychic psychic. Empath. Well, she's an esper. An esper. Oh, yeah. Esper. Um but obviously, like, I don't think that would be admissible in court, but uh, maybe this is a future world where it's fine. Um, and there's also Umako, who her whole thing is that she has a bath. Um, she's always in a bath. That's just, That seems to be her thing. She's the friendly, fun, cutesy one of the team. Mm. Um, and she's got, like, a song she sings when she's in the bath oh, and cool. has ducks. 
And I think it's just, I think the people making the show just fancied her and wanted to get her to sit in a bubble bath every week. It's, it's some writer's belly disguised fetish. Hmm. Um, but it's a great show. They're led by a dog man called Doggy Kruger. When they did Power Rangers SPD, I don't think they had the suit, so they made a new suit and it was like, it was like a proper, really high tech articulated animatronic suit thing they did for his face and everything. And he had like more scaly appearance rather than looking like a blue dog. Um, so when you go to this one and Doggy Kruger's mouth is like just a flap that moves up and down, it's like pretty basic. Oh, he's got some the eye animation. costume thing. Yeah, but he's pretty cool. Um, he's still badass and everything. You know, oh, yeah, he's of course. Still, yeah, he's just, he's just a big still cool. But um, the show's really fun. It's not got like these big long story arcs going on. It's all every episode is pretty much every episode is like an individual contained. This is the case they're working on this week. Mm. It's like, oh, there's some underground fighting ring they get involved in or some monsters like, you know, coming for a girl that should be under witness protection and all this sort of stuff. And it's like every episode. The only thing that goes on in the background, there's this agent Arbrella who's a bat looking dude who's like an arms dealer and he's like secretly giving the monsters weapons and stuff to try and sow havoc on Earth so he can um, sort of make people think, oh, I should go to Earth to get my weapons so he can make money, basically. Yeah. Um, but he gradually gets annoyed with the Decker Rangers and stuff. It's like 30-odd episodes in before the Decker Rangers even know he's who he is. They have an idea that there's someone behind the scenes messing with stuff who's like providing technology to these different aliens that are on the planet, but they don't know it's him or who he is until like episode 30-odd. And it's like a... It's like a 50-episode series. So it's like right near the end where they start finding out who he is. And he's still not like, here's my cracking plan to take out the Decker Rangers this week. He just doesn't turn up on some episodes. Oh. Um, just always in the background. In the background. And then for the last few episodes, he has a big plan. It's, he, Does he fight? Uh, no, he, he actually is quite a weak enemy. He oh. um, He's more smart. He like he sort of takes over the Decker Ranger base, which is, turns into a giant mecha and takes control of it and stops them being able to transform for the finale and they have to fight all the way through the robot because it's a building. The robot's a building. Okay. And you have to fight their way through it. And they all get to use their special powers, including Numiko's bath bathing ability. Um, it all gets worked into the last episode. Oh, great, great. Yeah, yeah like she distracts. Hot, hot tub. She distracts a monster and then goes oh, under the water. Oh, by getting in the bath. Yeah, she goes under the water and then dives out and uppercuts him because she can change her clothes really quickly. Oh, okay. So she's not fully nude when she She's a quick change. Well, she was when she was when he saw her, but she's a quick change artist. She goes into under the water and pops out fully clothed. Like <laughs> it was important that she was fully clothed for that. Yeah, but um, because nah. it's not an adult show. No, no, kids. There is like a um, a spin-off thing they did years later called Girls in Trouble, which is a bunch of characters from, I think, Decker Ranger, like one of the Metal Heroes things and stuff like that, where they get kidnapped by aliens and they're in some time loop thing and they keep getting killed horribly, violently. It's like really violent, like, thing. Um, I need to watch that sometime. It's quite fun, apparently. It's like a time loop thing. So it just gives an excuse to have them getting eviscerated. Yeah, <laughs> just over and over again. Yeah. Um, but no, Decker Ranger is a lot of fun. It's you know, it's it's just high, fast paced. Every I like episodic shows. I don't these shows that have like big long story arcs that go on for ages. Carmen Rider does it a lot, where it'll be like they split the sharp into like four story arcs, and there's always rushing to that next big finale moment. He'll have like loads of little mini finales for the series, and Decker Ranger doesn't do any of that. It's got like it's got one bit in the middle where some really bad enemies turn up, and it spends like three episodes focusing on them. 
for a big like the world's going to end and the deck rangers have to do what they can to fight him back and save the day and all that but that's it there's none of this like constantly rushing to the next big moment to reveal the next big toy that they're gonna have to play with like they only have like two main mecha in the show the decker base mecha is like a you know when things get really bad thing and the sixth ranger's got his own motorbike mecha which the other mecha can ride they ride into the like, big mecha driving the motorbike into battle the roads are really wide in Japan, I really? guess. Yeah, well, I mean, if you've got a giant mecha riding a giant bike. Oh, right, of course, yeah. You're going to need wide roads, aren't you? Or just have those really, like, tiny little treads. Yeah. Because there's, um, there's, is it, uh, Go Go 5 or Light Speed Rescue, where all the cars have to drive into the central lane so all the mecha vehicles can drive over them, like, so they don't get crushed by the tyres, they go in between the wheels. Because the mecha vehicles are like the size of like five cards wide or whatever. They're massive vehicles. Oh, right. Yeah. Why don't you just have normal sized cars? Like five regular cars combined together would still be pretty decent size, I would have thought. I mean, it's funny how they always have a mecha that's the right size to fight giant monsters, isn't it? It just so happens that the giant monsters always grow to the same size as their mechas. How do they know that in advance? Well, they've got to make a plan. They don't know what the, me- the monsters are going to grow. Like, you know, it's not a thing before the show starts. It's, it's, no, it's Actually, they don't grow in this one often. Most of the time they have their own mecha. Maybe there's a standardised mecha size for the galaxy. Um, but yeah, it's decorated. It's good fun. I liked it. I like I like all the characters. They All their spotlight episodes are great. Sen's awesome. Sen's like all cool-headed. And he's the smart one. He figures out the really complex things but when he gets pissed off beats the shit out of people and he gets badass he gets yeah when his thinking pose ain't doing it for him he'll punch a bad guy yeah there's a great episode where there's some um, alien who's like he's got this ability to tell exactly what someone wants so he disguises himself as a human and he's been dating Umiko for weeks oh giving her exactly what she wants so he can, like, he has to make her truly fall in love with him. So then he can, when when her, when she's fully in love, she can pull some energy out of her and eat her soul or some shit like that. It's like some magic thing. Because if it's his personal thing, he's think it tastes better when they're in love. Oh, okay. Um, and Sen realises this guy's up to something. He's not, it seems a bit suspicious that you only see him for like an hour at a time. There's all these weird limitations. And he finds out about he's an dark alien. man. <laughs> yeah. He finds out about this this alien that has like you know can only survive in another form for an hour and has weird psychic abilities and stuff. Like and that alien. leads to a really dark episode, and Sen gets really angry and beats the shit out of him. And just Aww. before he's about to execute him, Umiko turns up and blows him up. Oh no! <laughs> um, they do the thing in in Power Rangers because they have this thing where they judge the bad guys. They pick up their badge and it does this thing, and apparently there's this planet galaxies away where time moves differently and they hold the court case there to decide whether this person's guilty or not this alien and the two options are like I guess innocent to let them go or execute them doesn't seem to be any in between they delete them it's not execution it's deletion Jesus and they decide it very quickly Um, but because there's the magic a different planet with a different time thing going on it's it's fine 
But um, they blush blow them up all over the place. But in Power Rangers SPD, they got rid of that because someone, even back in early 2000s, was like, it's probably a bit bad if the police are just executing everyone mm. all the time. Yeah. So in that, they have like a little card that comes flying out because when they blow them up, they it compressed the energy explosion is the energy required to compress them into a card. Oh, That's like I a see. cell. Okay. It's like an interdimensional jail cell. Like in uh, Superman 2. Yeah. Yeah, so they're trapped inside those. That, that's what they're doing Power Rangers SPD. But SPD actually goes into a lot of um, stuff about police overreach and their abuse of power and things like that. SPD is actually kind of smart. Like the Red Ranger in that is a thief who gets a job who they try to rehabilitate. They say, why don't you use your skills to help us because we're putting together an elite team of super cops. And he's like, you've got all these crazy skills we could do with. And he joins the team. And by the end of it, he fucking quits. He's like, <laughs> he's like I've done my job. Fuck this noise. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that, so that shows bizarre. Power Rangers SPD is quite, like, it does a lot of criticising the way the police work in this world, in that world. Yeah. But, like, for a kid's show way, you know, they're not doing police brutality and shit, but, like, they make a point of, oh, there's a bunch of corrupt cops who turn up and things like that. And, yeah. Um, Decker Ranger has none of that. It's <laughs> It doesn't question it. They're just blowing up stuff. Of course just, not. You can't question the cops yeah. in Decker Ranger. Yeah, just blowing up Don't aliens. Don't be suspicious. Every Don't week. be suspicious. But, um, no, good good fun times. Everyone loves this show. It's one that everyone calls one of their favourite Power um, Super Sentai series, and like I can see it's pretty great. It's not my favourite. My favourite still to QJ, although Don Brothers is getting very close. That's almost finished now. <coughs> but it's pretty good. I just realised that Elon Musk hang out, hangs out with Jose Maxwell and Justin Roiland. He hangs out with a lot of sex offenders. Yeah, yeah, it's weird that. And Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Wait, he doesn't hang out with him anymore. No, no. No. The only person Jeffrey Epstein hangs out with is himself. Because mm. he hanged himself. Yeah. That's dark. Um. Anyway. What's <coughs> your sure next review, you bastard? Before we get there. Aaron Sorkin won an Oscar for writing What 2010 Drama About the Creation of a Social Media Site? Um, It's the MySpace movie. The, the MySpace movie? Yeah. Damn, the MySpace movie. Yeah. Incorrect. It was the social network. Oh, was it? Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. you didn't know that because you're because you're a big old dumb dumb. What social dumbest. network? The social network. Yeah. The never the. All right. Uh, my next review. Um, something I've been very excited to watch, and I watched all of it, and now I've forgotten what I was going to say. Oh, good. You must have really liked it. Jesus Christ! Yeah. What's happening to my brain? Don't be suspicious, don't be suspicious. Hunters, season two. So do you remember a while back I reviewed a film, a program starring Al Pacino called Hunters? And it was like a, it was about a Jewish hit squad that hunted down Nazis. What? It was about a Jewish hit squad that hunted down Nazis post-World War Two. Inglorious Bastards. No, it's called The Hunters. It was oh. uh, produced by Jordan Peele. And it's like Logan Lerman, um, Josh Radner from How I Met Your Mother. And uh, Al Pacino and uh, Dylan, whatever his name is, the guy from uh, Planes, Trains and Automobiles and Happiness. Dylan, Dylan. I don't know what you're going on about. I can't remember his name. But anyway, so uh, it was the story of a bunch of Jewish people that hunted down Nazis that escaped World War II without being convicted. And uh, at the end of the first series, spoilers, it was revealed that Hitler was still alive. Oh, what show is this? Hunters. Oh, I didn't. It's on Amazon. Yeah, okay. It's hyper violent. It's really good. Um, season two. Hitler is still alive anyway. He lives on the moon. Yeah. Season two. Um, 
is a continuation of that first season, unsurprisingly. Everybody's a bit older and a bit different. In the end of the first series, someone was captured and taken to go see Hitler, and Hitler's like brainwashed him and re- uh, reprogrammed him to be like this incredible assassin. And it turns out we find out in this series that like people have been doing that to him for a while. Like his dad originally did it so that he would fight in wars for like the army and stuff like that were like programming trials they did on kids and he was one of the kids. Oh, is it like American Ultra? A bit like American Ultra. Uh but but he knows he's very good at killing and beating people up. Um and anyway, so like the team eventually do come together and it is like it starts off being a story about like, okay, Hitler's alive and everybody's like, No, nah, I don't believe you. Hitler can't be alive and then like they eventually get like told like, Yeah, Hitler's alive, mate, let's go get him. And they go get Hitler and you think, oh, they're just going to kill Hitler. But no, they take him and they try him for crimes against humanity. <laughs> oh, that should be an easy case. Um, you'd think it'd be an easy case. All right. But Hitler tries to argue that everything that was said about him during World War II was a lie. Oh. It becomes very much a questionably, questionably, well, it's an interesting take on modern politics. <laughs> I think he uses the term fake news at one point. Well, Hitler did Lügenpresser. That's what yeah, he, the Lion yeah, Press. Yeah, that was Hitler's whole thing. Yeah. So he 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 gets tried in court and he tries to get away with it. Um, and then like the the end of the series is like, um, is he going to get tried? Is he not? And if he does get tried, will he face conviction or will you know people try and grab him because they're still supporters for Hitler? Because it's he. Gets, what I know. He gets taken back to the US so that he's away from Europe so that he can have... Oh, he'll be right at home there. I know. Um, so he can have a trial. and uh, A fair trial. Yeah. With the United tra- States. Yeah. That yeah. never used to have Nazis rallies well, and stuff like one that. one of the and funniest things is like they're like... Famously having Madison Square Garden, when, Garden be a big Nazi recruitment <laughs> camp thing. When like they that. when they were... When they like get him to the US and they're like going through who's the judge and all this other stuff because they're like... They, they act like spies but they do like... They also do, like, guerrilla warfare tactics and things like that. So they're, like, basically just doing whatever they can to prevent the rise of the Nazis. Again, the Fourth Reich, they call it. Um, oh. Not them. The Nazis call it the Fourth Reich. What was the first and second? Uh, I'm pretty sure that was Jaws and then Jaws the Return. Oh. And then the third one is Jaws 3. No, it's Jaws 4. Jaws, Jaws 3D. No, no. That was Jaws, Jaws the Revenge was the fourth one. Was it? Yeah. Ah. Jaws the Return was the second, though, right? No, Jaws 2 was just called Jaws 2. Oh, okay. Uh, but anyway, so um, it's really fucking interesting that this series starring Al Pacino as a Jewish doctor who it turns out was actually the Nazi evil scientist who he was pretending to hunt and killing Jews. No, no, killing Jews, sorry, killing Nazis that he had on a list because he knew the fucking Nazis. And uh, yeah, just all really interesting. It's all full of twists and turns. And like this series, they're like trying to they're trying to come to terms with the fact that not only was Al Pacino the leader of their group, he was also himself a uh, Nazi from a Nazi death camp. And the reason that he was so vehemently killing people and killing these Nazis in particular is because he feared that one day they would point him out as like... Why is Al Pacino doing TV nowadays? He's really good in it. You know? He's really good in it. So this is is kind of the thing. Like, the series is a bit crazy. Do you remember when he did that Dunkin' Donuts advert? For Jack and Jill? Yeah. Yeah, Dunkachino. Yeah. Yeah, can't start my day without my Dunkachino. Yeah. Gotta have a fresh cup of junk- Dunkachino. Yeah, and Johnny Depp was in that, wasn't he? Do you remember that? I watched the film once. Yeah, Johnny Depp's in it. That was enough. Yeah, Johnny I don't Depp's remember. It. It's like anything made by by uh, by Justin Roiland now. I can't watch it because Johnny Depp's in it. Yeah. Because he's a bad dude. 
Aquaman you, 2's out. So yeah, yeah, Amber Heard's a bad dude as well. I don't like either of them. Yeah. Not going to support either of them, I'm afraid. And also, Aquaman 1 was fucking terrible, so I don't care. Um, anyway. Hunters Series 2. Um, it's fucking wild. It's wild that it got a second series, like, three years after the first series This is Amazon, did you say? Yeah. It was with them and alternate history Nazi I don't shows. know. The Man in High Castles got recommended immediately after I watched this. Yeah. It's weird. Uh, but Hunters, I, it's really good, and Logan Lerman's really good in it. He's um, he was he was um, Percy Jackson in those old Percy. Jackson oh, the Lightning films. Thief. Yeah, he was he was Percy Jackson. There's a new Percy Jackson thing. Yeah, there's like a series they're making. Uh, yeah. But he was he was in those, and those aren't bad films. <laughs> they're actually all right. What's the um? One of them has Ron Perlman in it. So I remember the guy who wrote that book. He wanted to kill the first one, um, Percy Jackson, like the son of Zeus or something like that. But like the whole thing hinges on a plot twist that he is the son of Zeus or some shit. Like I think he wanted, like he was going to spoil the plot twist with oh, the name of the I book. See what he's saying, yeah, because he thinks he's Poseidon's son, doesn't he? Yeah, but he, that's kind of what it was exactly. But he, like, apparently, it turns out the writer's not actually all that smart, and he doesn't really understand mm. <laughs> storytelling. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't really want to write a story about the Greek pantheon of gods anyway, because they're all a bit rapey. No. Well, all gods are a bit rapey, aren't they? I think when people complaining on for um, Love and Thunder about Zeus being de- depicted as like a, a slubby, lazy guy, like yeah, that's exactly yeah, that's, that's Zeus's Zeus. story in Greek mythology. Is that like he gradually everyone thinks he's a dick? Yeah, that's why they <laughs> wanted to get rid of him. Yeah, um, but yeah, um, Hunters, the Hunters or Hunters season two, um, really enjoyed it. If you watched season one and enjoyed it, it's it is a fucking completely different show, I'll tell you that much. But there is, like, it all ties together. And the way that it, like, sort of finishes the story from the first season. Because the Dylan guy from the first season is basically... he He's a Nazi that, that was young when World War Two went down. And by the 70s, he's got, like, a family and stuff. And he's putting on an American accent. And pretending to be, like... Pretending to just be an American, having a barbecue and stuff. And then this Polish lady turns up at his house one day and it turns out that she was in an internment camp or a, a concentration camp where he was like a head warden, just a horrible fucker, or a young soldier, I can't remember. But he was just a horrible fucker and she starts freaking out and panicking and starts like speaking in German and saying the name of, that they used to call him, like this, this, um, like just saying like, you're a monster, you fucking, you did all this horrible shit. And he goes, Okay, and he goes to the barbecue, and underneath the barbecue, just pulls out a silence pistol, shoots everyone at this party. <laughs> finally, he goes, "Why couldn't you keep your bitch mouth shut?" <laughs> and the shoots her in the head. And he's just like, and he's just like, "Well, I guess I'm on the run again." And he just plays this sniveling but very crafty shithead through the whole first season. Who's like manipulating stuff and just being an utter cunt. And then in the second season, they they like find him, and he's just in a brothel in France. He's like, oh, you fucking weirdos always come back to the place. And he goes, every so often, I'm just going to come back to this place and see these women. And they're like, yeah, we're going to shoot in the face now. End of season one plot point. On to killing Hitler. Bloody Hitler. It's really He's good. Always really, really trouble. enjoyed it. Lots of fun. I like seeing Nazis get shot and fucking horribly beaten. Yeah, but shouldn't we be um, listening to their side? of? No, we should never listen to the side of Nazis. I can say for a fact, all Nazis should just fucking die. Regardless of the type of Nazi or the severity of the Nazi, I think you should all fucking die. 
walk into the ocean and die. Thank you very much. Cool um, coats and shit, though. Those friggin', you know, they always have the leather and shit. You know, they only get the, the mad scientist ones in films. Yeah, they mate, always look I'm, dope as shit. I'm a vegan. I don't give a shit yeah. about leather clothes. Give me a fake leather. They don't use real leather. leather. No, they use real leather. Like, um, you know, what's his face in, um, in Hellboy with the, with the weird mask? Can't remember his name. Who? You know, the guy who's got the funny mask in Hellboy. He was cool in the first one. Oh, the old guy. The one whose body was like rotting and he had like clockwork shit in him. And they removed the thing and it came yeah, out yeah, of yeah. the heart. Yeah. He looked cool. Um, yeah, he did look cool. But I don't think he was vegan. Makes me think maybe I should listen to what he has to say. You, you know? know? Yeah. And maybe. Red Skull. <laughs> Red Skull. You must give up the thing you love the most. <laughs> Why was he doing a William Sadler impression? It, it wasn't, wasn't a Hugo Weaving impression. No, it was Hugo Weaving. It sounds like Hugo Weaving's voice in the first one. That yeah. was, um, what's his face from Walking Dead? It was, yeah, Aaron something, something, something. Mm. Aaron Taylor Johnson. <laughs> he apparently has cheated on his wife. Really? Yeah, the old lady. No! I can't remember who with. Some actress. Oh, I'm going to Google it. I'm going to Google it. Oh, sorry, I give, uh, I give Hunters... Do you remember when he was groomed by... The, I give uh... Hunters a Helen Mirren. Yeah, he was only like 21 when they got married, wasn't he? He was, well, he was like 16, wasn't he? Oh, maybe. I can't remember. He was in that John Lennon film, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. <sighs> what are you saying? I'd give it a Helen Mirren, your review. Oh, right. Well, you know, I never review any Tokusatsu on here. Yeah. Um, Ultraman Decker finished, uh, like the other night. The new, the current Ultraman series. Oh, yep, yep, yep. Just ended. There's only like 20 odd episodes. I like Ultraman because it's not 50 odd episodes per series. It's 20 some odd episodes. And then they put like five clip shows during it as well, which is really unnecessary. They should probably stop doing that. Mm. Um, but people just seem to accept it and say, this is part of Ultraman. Anyway. Um, Decker's a sort of sequel series to Ultraman Trigger, which was last year's, or I guess the years before's Ultraman. Um, and in this series, it starts off ten years after Trigger. Um, these alien things called the Sphere come to Earth, the big old blob things, and they start attacking everything. And they form a barrier around Earth, and no one can leave Earth because this is the future. This is a you know a world where people live on Mars and shit because it's like Trigger. Trigger comes from Mars. Um, and so they can't leave Earth, and they know this sphere are keeping them held there, and they believe something's going to happen. The sphere are going to destroy the Earth at some point, but they're making monsters appear. And the main character is called Kanata, and he has a near-death experience in the invasion, and a god of light, Ultraman Decker, fuses with him, um, and he becomes Ultraman Decker, because that's how they, well, they always have like a few, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. shares a body. Um, it doesn't talk with his Ultraman, which is the same as Trigger, um... Some Ultraman series, the Ultraman's got a character mm. separate from the main character, and they interact like in their mind and shit. Oh, I see, I see. So it's not like it's not like one of the ones some of them, two yeah. entities. No, he is, but it's like there's no Decker itself isn't a character. Oh, okay, but it's just like it's just which happens in a lot of Ultraman series. I kind of like it when the Ultraman has a character and the mm. Ultraman has something to learn because Zed did that. That was quite right. Um, and Mebius did it really well because in Ultraman, Mebius spoiled us for that show. The human character you're following actually is the Ultraman. He took on a human form. Oh, cool! And it's one where he's taken on the form of someone who died. And this reminded me a lot of Ultra Mega, that comic that I read. You're it's probably ripping off loads of Ultraman Mebius. Um, but when Decker, was Ultraman Mebius made that was like nineteen, like two thousand one. But um, yeah, Ultraman Decker is standard Ultraman stuff. It's very much Ultraman. Very much a standard Ultraman series. It's a sort of apparently it's a sort of remake of Diner, which tr- Trigger was a remake of Tiger. 
Um, it's weird. It follows a lot of the same beats and a lot of the same elements, but it's supposed to be set in like an alternate reality oh, to the original show. Because in Trigger, they had a character from Tiger come over and like that sort of like cross over the two realities. They do that a lot on Ultraman. There's like different worlds and some of them, you know, there's been loads of Ultramans and some of them there's been none. Like in Mebius, the um, the first six Ultramans all exist in the same world as yeah. Mebius and there hasn't been an Ultraman for like 20 odd years in that series. And in this one, it's like Trigger's the only previous Ultraman. Um, but it's fine. There's like a, the main villain is like, there's no main, ha I'm going to destroy everything villain in the show. But there's this one character who's like a scientist and he's called Agums and he comes from a place in the future because this Ultraman. Not from a um, down under. Where they tried in the future to fight the sphere with the, to help the humans and it led the sphere to attacking his homeworld and wiping them out. And so he blames the humans for this. He's like, if we never got involved with the humans, the sphere would have never come to us. Um, and we would have, like, you know, my wife would still be alive and all this sort of stuff. So he blames no, she for it. wouldn't. They're full of shit. So he's got, like, He's She'd all messed up. He's got some weird, like, split personality thing going on. Is there any robot bits? Mag- There's loads of robots in Ultraman. There's always robots. Oh, okay, good. But um, he's sort of like the main villain for the show, but, you know, his he gets his redemption arc, and then the real monster turns up. <gasps> Is it finale. mad? No, it's called oh. Mother. <laughs> it looks like Space Godzilla. Oh, cool. It's got a big old Godzilla-y looking thing with crystals coming out of it and stuff. Um... But it's quite, it's good fun. I like the, the every now and again when Trigger would cameo in it. You know the guy was you know he, that same Trigger actors. Trigger from Only and Horses. They bring back the same actors and they even share the finale. They work together in the finale, which is like, you know, most shows would like not do that. They'd have the the main Ultraman be the only one saving the day for the finale, but they make this like a dual thing. I guess maybe just to make it feel like they're capping off the two stories. I don't know, but it's, per- it's perfectly fine. Normal Ultraman stuff. There's not really much you can say. It's got it's better pace than Trigger. Trigger had some weird pacing issues where it would like it would get through a story like a season arc's worth of story with one character in an episode. You'd have like one of the early episodes in Trigger. I remember one of the teammates was like, "I don't like this guy on the team," and you'd think that'd be like a story arc for the series where they learn to like each other. Yeah, but it was over in one episode. But Decker doesn't do any of that. It's like storylines are properly spread out over the course of the series and all that. Um. It does the whole thing where he doesn't tell him he's Ultraman until the very end, which, like, freaking, you know, sometimes if you're coordinating with a big team, like, if you've got this whole team that's meant to fight the monsters, it'd probably be helpful to let them know you're Ultraman so you can coordinate with Ultraman instead of wondering why one of your team members keeps disappearing. And becoming Ultraman. You're like, why has he disappeared? Where did he go? Oh, I got hit on the head with some rubble. God, that Ultraman has a has the exact same feet as that guy that's on our team. We wouldn't, have, we wouldn't have the same feet because Ultraman's like 80 foot tall. I mean, like the same shaped feet. It's got these different shapes, it's different. It's an Ultraman. You'd uh, you've been kids today. But anyway, um, yeah, it's fun. I like um, Hanajiro. He's a fun character. He's a little tiny robot thing. He's the one who figures out who Ultraman is early on and he has to sort of keep it a secret for so the rest of the So people do team. figure out it's him? Well, no, it's, that's just a little robot. Oh. Just a little robot guy. He keeps it secret and he has to cover for Kanata every now and again. Going, oh yeah, he's passed out. <laughs> he's, he fell asleep. Again. From being Ultraman. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was, it was decent. I can't, there's not much to say about it. It's just, it's the standard Ultraman series. It doesn't do anything new. You know, I think they tried something new a few years ago with Ultraman RB where there was like two... Ultramans as the main characters. It was a pair of, um, I think they're twins or brothers. Yeah, and they like one's fire, one's water. That was their that was their one attempt at doing something new for a while. So but that's cool though. Um, but they they don't they can't do that again. You no, got, you can't 
can't rock the boat too often with can't Ultraman. Can't fire and water, guys. So, yeah. I don't know. Ne- I'm guessing next, well, this year's Ultraman, maybe they'll do something different. Who knows? I mean, but the last two have been sort of remakes of previous series. Zed was the last entirely original one, I think. Zed was all right. I like that. Although that brought in characters from other shows. Oh, did it? Yeah. Yeah, one of the main characters in the show was played by the same actor as a villain in one of the other shows. And then it revealed partway through the series that he was the same character. Oh. Like, they made him completely different. So everyone was like, oh no, he's just the same actor playing a different character. And then partway through the season they revealed, no, it's the same guy. He's the same villain. That was, that was quite a good plot twist when they did that. Because they did it just enough to make you think he wasn't. Like, nah, he's not the same guy. He's not the same guy. And then he does the weird eye thing that he did in the other show. Like Blink. No, he does a thing where he looks like weird and crooked. I reckon he's blinking. <clears throat> but um, yeah, I, I like it in Deco when he punches monsters. Happens quite a lot. I love when monsters get punched. Yeah. Um, there's a fun episode where there's a kid whose dad is an alien who got trapped on the planet, and her dad's like a alien wrestler who, like, you know, he loves fighting and all this sort of stuff, but he's not been able to do it because he got injured. Yeah. And then he helps him save the day fighting a monster with his wrestling skills. And he's, like, got a cape and everything and wrestling singlet. And he's, like, <laughs> it's quite fun. Um, Ready to wrestle. Yeah, I quite like that episode. That was, that was fun. There's a couple of fun episodes in there. Um, but, yeah, because it hasn't got a main villain or a main group of villains like Trigger has. There's no, like, there's no real focus, like, no main arc for the series until you get the stuff with Agams later on. Um, which takes us like halfway through the series before that sort of gets revealed. But um, nah, it's good fun times, you know. Is there still an Argos over near Thingy? What? Is there still an Argos over near where Courage used to be? Well, yeah, probably. Oh, okay, cool. What are you on about Argos for? I'm just asking. You could look on... You're staring at your phone. You could just ask the internet. Internet? Hmm. Anyway, Ultraman Decker. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, your review... All right, my uh, my next review, guys. I know you're all excited about this. I know that you're all as excited about me about this being being my next review. I'm so excited to tell you about this thing, and I think that you are going to be excited too to hear about this new thing. It's brand new, and it's so new you wouldn't believe it. It's been released. It's brand bloody new. Can you guess what it is? Black Adam. No. Did I not review Black Adam already? I can't remember. I, I think I did. I think I did. Forgettable like the film. Anyway, so I played The Last of Us Remastered. Wow. Oh. Sorry, I should call it should call it by its official title. The Last of Us Part 1 for the PS5, which is the remaster of the original Last of Us and the DLC left behind. But they have they have avoided adding in the multiplayer. Oh, I forgot there was multiplayer in the first one. In the first Last of Us, yes. Yeah, back when uh, everything had multiplayer. It was a year after Dead Space 2, and that had multiplayer. Remember that? No. Dead Space 2 had multiplayer. No. It was bad. Well, I say it was bad. It was funnish. Just, uh, it was one of those EA multiplayers that got supported for like two years and then died. So all EA multiplayers, really. Um, anyway, so, uh, Last of Us again. So it's the story of Joel traveling through a post-apocalyptic wasteland where cordyceps, a mushroom or fungus that infects ants and causes them to kill themselves, and spread more fungal spores, has mutated and gone into humans. And as you can imagine, there is all kinds of motherfucking chaos. How's that sound, Dan? How does this differ from the TV series? So, the difference between this and the TV series is that this is what they call, and I don't want to use this term incorrectly, so correct me if I'm wrong, a video game. 
So this is a fully interactive experience, unlike, and I want again... Anything that's ever existed Make before. sure that I say this correctly. Unlike the TV show, oh. this is interactive. I heard that Last of Us Part 1 was the first video game with a good story. So the Last of Us Part 1 of the show. is quite possibly the greatest story ever told and so original you won't be able to find a single story out there that is about a man and his child or his... His 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 adopted child traveling through a post-apocalyptic wasteland. You will never find this story anywhere else. No. Oh. As long as you don't watch The Road, you will never find this story anywhere else. Or Fist of the North Star. Or Fist of the North Star. Yeah. You will never... Or Train to Bissau. I mean, to be fair, Mad Max kind of carries the ghost of his child Mad Max 2. As he goes. Mad Max 2 has a feral child. You will never find this story, though... In anything, oh wait, don't watch The Girl with All the Gifts because it's essentially the exact same story. But you will never find. Do you remember Man? Was it Mandy? The Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah, film? Yeah, it was. Somebody, the, yeah. The, no, sorry, it wasn't Mandy. It was. Oh, yeah, it was Mandy, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, we yeah. had the doors. Yeah. Before, yeah. Um, but don't watch any of those or read any media because this is also the plot to the Walking Dead comic for some of it. Uh, don't watch any or don't watch anything, read anything, or play any video games because this is also kind of the plot to Resident Evil 2. Um, but yeah, don't don't do any of that stuff. And this is the first and best story ever told in a video game. Oh, sorry. According to Neil Druckmann, yeah. writer of The Last of Us. <laughs> um, okay, let's get to it. Meat and potatoes. This is a stealth action game, and it, it, you do a bit of sneaking, you do a bit of killing. Yeah, do a bit of exploring, do a bit of swimming. Yeah, and some puzzles. Mm-hmm. You like puzzles? What, like, um, like Sudoku? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, I could do Picross. I'm pretty good at Picross. It's a little bit like Picross. Yeah. Um, all in all, it's, it's a very good experience. It shouldn't be. So, my major problem with this is that the game costs like 50 quid. That's how much games are. No, I know, but, and hear me out here. Actually, games are about 60, 70 quid nowadays for Hear me out here, right? This shouldn't be 50 quid. You don't get to decide that. No, but it shouldn't be 50 quid because if you buy a PS5 and you have PS Plus, do you know what game you can play? Um, Is it Chubbits? Rotund? Rebound? What are you doing now? I was looking at my phone. Um, So, Rotund Rebound? Yeah, the one with the fat rabbit. It bounces around the place. The, The game on the Wii U was called Chubbins. I don't remember. Do you not know Chubbins? No. Oh, Chubbins is a legend. So anyway, so The Last of Us... I have a picture of Chubbins. The Last of Us is a really good game. It's a story-driven experience. It's linear. You just A to B. Da, da, da. And you get like some creative kills in there with... Chubbins. Oh, okay. I see Chubbins. You get some creative (laughs) kills in there with like explosives and Molotov cocktails and things like that. Like it is just... It's a game in which you just fight, 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 run, 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 the itchy and scratchy show. That's it. Um, the story is compelling because it is well acted. Troy Baker is a vet in this industry for a reason. Um, you know, and. Because of all the animals he cares for. Yeah. Yeah. All the animals he cares for. And, uh, and all in all, it's a very entertaining game. It's a lot of fun. It's very good. Um, the sequel is divisive. Oh, am I yawning? The sequel is divisive, but I think the sequel is divisive because a lot of people believe rumours before they actually get to like the point where you no, know, they let a whole bunch of weirdos decide the you know decide the narrative for however people are going to like it or not. Yeah, yeah, and also like 
pacing wise, Neil Druckmann's not the best for pacing. Um, I've said this before. It's like the story is the story could be incredible if you showed both sides. Like if you showed the characters that you eventually end up. Oh, playing. so now you want to hear both sides of the story? <laughs> but before you were like kill the Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> Who would the Nazis be in this in the Last of Us world? Because in this one, you've only got you've got the Fireflies and you've got the like the fucking Wokarati. Oh yeah, the Wokarati. In this, you've got like the fireflies, and you've got like you've got the the military, mm. and then on the in the sequel, you've got like four different factions because you still have the fireflies, and you've got Tommy's little village that's like I its own I got thing. That far into I was I, 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 I was a bit in Seattle. That's where I got to Seattle. You've got the walls, where you walk which around. is Ellie, which is Abby's lot, and then you've got Does that push some blocks around. Yeah, so you've got Abby's lot, and then you've got the people that live in the woods. And have like the old fashioned like wood houses and stuff, and they. No, a lot of American to... houses are made of wood. Yeah, I guess. Um, all in a little, bit with a giraffe. The last, yeah, that's in the first one. Last of Us Part One is is really good. Yeah, that's what you're talking about. Though. It is a very good game. Um, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed playing it again. One of the nice things is that I got to play a DLC. I'd never played Left Behind before, so I got to play that for the first time, and that's really good. It is short, but it's a nice little like. This is how you get to where you were. Although, in that DLC, there are, like, bits where you go back to the main game. And, like, it's like, oh, this is what Ellie was doing during this point in the main game. And it kind of could have just been put back in. They could have just put it back in as part of the main story, like the full game. But they didn't. I guess for a reason. I don't know. Uh, But, yeah, really good. But just, you can play this for free if you have a PS5 and PS Plus. Because you get the remastered version anyway. And this just looks nicer. That's all it does. It's not like it's not considerable bit. It's not considerably better. It just looks nicer. So you might as well just play the free version rather than buy it. Like some other wanker I know. This guy. This fucking. So you guy. bought the PS5 version? Yeah. Yeah. Didn't yeah. You've got the PS4 one, haven't you? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just like when I bought God of War for Steam, even though yeah. I got it on my PS5. See, I haven't even downloaded Vampire Survivors on Xbox because I've no. got it on PC. Even though it's on Game Pass, I don't need it on two consoles. I got it on Steam Deck and I got it on my phone. I might need to get a second copy of Power Wash Simulator though. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. They're doing that. that Lara Croft DLC soon. Really? Yeah, they're doing Lara Croft Manor. Oh, did you get to spoon her off? No, she's not there. She's out. She's oh, it's mucky though. You got to clean it. All oh, right. Why is it mucky? Doesn't she have a butler? Someone's trapped in, in the freezer. freezer. He's in. The, he's been in the yeah, freezer for twenty-five years. He's died. You gotta clean it. Yeah, you gotta power wash his ghost away. Yeah. Yeah. Alright. Uh yeah, Last of Us. Real good game. Um Part one. Part one. Not to get just confused. Don't, just with... don't fucking buy it. Just get one month of PS plus and play out your PS five and then never think about it again. <laughs> like, why is this a Have thing? Have they added any PS one games yet or PS two games? No. That's only if you go up. I'm yeah, on the, the premium essential. the premium thing, that's the only one I I would only want the PS one and PS two games. That's yeah. all I care about. You have to pay the most for But those. there's like all the PS2 games are ones they already released on PS4 years ago and then dropped like a... Yes, right, so they're not... I don't think they're adding any more. And the PS1 games, there's like 12 PS1 games and two of them are worms. Do you know what's really funny as well? Like, if you've got PS1 games on your PSN account, you can download them now. Yeah, yeah I have. I've downloaded... Um, on the PS4. Rayman the PS5, and sorry. Resident Evil Director's Cut because I bought them on PS3 years ago. Yeah, but here's the thing. You can't buy those games on PS5. You can only buy them on the PS4. You can buy them on PS5. You can't buy them on PS5. Yeah, you can. There's a couple of games that are exclusive to the premium thing. 
But couldn't you used to be able to buy those? No, you, you, if you bought them on PS3, you can still re-download them. But uh, stuff like Resident Evil Director's Cut, you only get with the premium subscription. You can't buy it on PS4 I mean. or 5. That's what I mean, yeah. Yeah, but most of them you can. You can just buy them on either. Oh, okay. But for some reason, a couple of them are PS Plus exclusive. I also got um, Loco Roco Karekacho, that the PSP game, because apparently I own that on PSP. Loco Roco? The weird blob thing? Yeah, yeah, it's got uh, fun. Yeah, yeah it's a good game. Because um, I think I got that when, you know, when they had the hack and they gave you a bunch of free PSP and PS3 games? And I'm pretty sure I chose Loco Roco as one of my games. Oh, Patapon was the other one. Yeah, Patapon's good. Patapon was good. That was the yeah. rhythm based one. Pata, Pata, Patapon. Anyway, yeah. Your review, mate. Well, you know, like Tokusatsu and stuff. I never review yeah. any Tokusatsu on here. Um, so I played Atari 50, the Atari oh, Anniversary God, yeah. Collection. Um, it's a really good collection, this. I really like how this is done. Um, it's to celebrate the 50th anniversary of Atari because Atari was formed in 1972 um, in America by Nolan Bushnell and some other guys I forget who Steve Jobs worked there for a little bit Um, you remember Steve Jobs? no he was famously played by Ashton Kutcher in the movie once Um, he he did he is yeah he's very dead there um, so this collection of about a hundred Atari games. There's a couple of other games in there that aren't Atari, but I think they probably got the licenses swallowed up at some point into the same amalgus mass of whatever the hell Atari is nowadays. I think they're a brand. I think they're a clothing brand now. Um, but the way this collection works is you could just go to the library and you could just play whatever games you want. All the old games. Loads of the games have like their 2,600 and 7,000 whatever versions and the arcade versions. like So you get multiple versions of Asteroids so you can see how each of the ports were and stuff like that. I think Asteroids got like five or six versions on here, which is pretty cray-cray. Mm. Um, or, if you want to be cool, you can play through the timeline thing. It's like a history of Atari. And it's separated into different things. Yeah. yeah. And you'll watch documentary interviews. You'll watch like, um, there'll be like adverts from the TV shows at the time, like uh, adverts for the um, Atari 800 computers come up on it the other day. Um, and as you go along through the timeline, like hit 1975 and you'll play a game from 1975 and all that, it'll tell you a little bit about this game series that was like, you know, behind the scenes, how they made it. And then you get to play the game for a bit. Um, most of these old games, they because like I say, it's a hundred games in the collection. They're not all winners. Most of them probably aren't winners nowadays because Atari games have aged a lot. Because um, really, like the NES and the Master System is the first generation where games were like actually good. Because um, most old Atari games are kind of they've aged poorly. It was the first generation; they didn't know what they're doing. You know, it's the early days of video games. Yeah. You still had switches on the consoles to set options and oh, stuff I like that. Those days, um, which you can do on there. You can press a button, adjust switches. They've added um, update to it recently to do that some arcade games as well. You can move, change the dip switches to change settings on the arcade games. Oh, like the audio and stuff. Yeah, and you can change to play the black and white modes of the games as well. So, like if the so it's, you know because obviously games that are in colour don't display so well on a black and white TV. Black and white TVs were still pretty common in the uh, late 70s and early 80s. I had a black and white TV when I was a kid I had in my room. black and white TV in my day. Yeah. Um, no, you just turned the colour off. No, accident. I just had an old TV that someone handed down to my parents, so I had it in my room. No. And it's hooked up to the Master <clears throat> System. What a waste of money. Shut the fuck up. Master System. I had it yeah. on ZX Spectrum. Yeah, well, yeah. you're old. But um, 
yeah, it's a really nice way of going through this. Like the timelines overlap a little bit as well. They concentrate on like the first ones mostly the formation of Atari, the early arcade games, and then there's like the next ones like the 2600 and the early consoles. Yeah. Um and there's a bit of overlap there. So you'll go up to like 1980 something on the first timeline and then you start from when the Atari 2600 launched in 1978. Oh, I see, because the consoles, obviously... It's, yeah. it's themed. It's not necessarily like one full linear Didn't timeline. Didn't support the original Atari console for years as well? Yeah, the 2600 lasted ages. Like, um, I think they stopped releasing games for it in the early 90s. Oh, really? Um, but it was, a, it was one of these things, I didn't really know what to do with it, because they, when they were doing the 5200, the developers were like, we should make this backwards compatible with the 2600, it'd be pretty easy to do, and that way we'll have a whole library of games. And they were like, no... Don't be stupid. This is the new console with the new games on it. And then, like a few months before it was about to release, they decided we should make it work with the 2600 games. And then they had to like hack it in there as best they could. They had to bring out a device to plug in it to plug in your 2600 games, which was stupid. Um, the 7800 was fully backwards compatible, though. Crazy. Um, wouldn't it be nice if modern consoles had good compatibility with previous generations? Imagine if the PlayStation 5 could handle the PlayStation 1 games from a disc. Can't even read them, can it? Can't even read CDs, the PS5. Friggin' stupid. Anyway, it's a really great collection. Like if you if you if you want a collection of great games, this isn't this is no Midway Arcade Treasures or no. anything like that. You know, because um, those because the PS2 and Xbox, the original Xbox, that was like the glory days of these great retro compilations. When you get those Taito Legends collections on there and all this sort of stuff. The Atari collections, like, yeah, definitely not going to have that same sort of quality of games. Um, but it's kind of interesting that it's got arcade games, those console games. It's got Atari Lynx games. It's got Jaguar games on there. Um, there's a whole bunch of, like, modernised versions of the old games. So there's, like, a remake of Yars Revenge. There's a game called Vector Sector, which is, like, based on Tempest-style gameplay. Um, stuff like that, which is kind of neat. Although I think it's called Vector Sector, because I'm pretty sure the license to Tempest is owned by Ubisoft, I believe. And no one's allowed to make a new Tempest game using the Tempest name. But Atari still own the rights to the original ones. Because I remember Jeff Minter had a whole bunch of trouble when he made a Tempest game a few years ago. And like, yeah, he had to take like it off sale. 4,000 or 3,000? Yeah, I've got, I've got Tempest 4,000 on PS4. I've got a physical copy of it. Yeah, because it was like four quid everywhere and then yeah. it just suddenly disappeared because they couldn't sell it because the music. Yeah, but I saw some people selling like a limited run version for like a silly amount of money. Switch, I think. Yeah, but yeah. like, it's like, you can get it anywhere. It's yeah, been like released in the UK for... Yeah, it's like stupidly cheap. Yeah, good old Jeff Minter. I wish they'd released a physical release of Space Giraffe. I think they did on 360. Space Giraffe? That was one of Minter's other games. It's a no. crazy game. I was really good at it. Um, I was at the top of the leaderboard I for a while. I the fact that you brag about a game I can't see. It's on Xbox One. You can get Space Drive. It's really weird. It doesn't play like you think it will play. Loads of people play it like Tempest and then realise it's not quite the same game. Um, but no, it's, it's just nice. The Jaguar games, most of them are pretty awful. Um, I was playing one of the fighting game ones on there. There's a fighting game, which I'm pretty sure was cancelled. I'm sure it didn't actually come out of that. There is a lot of cancelled games on here, like a lot of prototype ones that they've put up and things like that, which is quite neat. Um there's a there's a racing game on there. It's supposed to be like the Jaguar's answer to Mario Kart. And it is like, it's pretty awful. But it has got Bentley Bear in it. So, you know, from Crystal Castles. Which is of which there's multiple copies of Crystal Castles on here. But it's just a nice way to present it. I mean, imagine something like a Nintendo collection doing this. Like, 
Like I'd I'd like one where because years ago I thought about this for when I watched when I watched stories of film story of film I thought this would be a great way of presenting games where you watch a, like a documentary charting the early days and then they'd talk about like Donkey Kong and it'd load Donkey Kong up and you play Donkey Kong for five minutes and then it'll just carry on the documentary. I always thought that would be a really nice approach and this is the closest I've seen to that for a while. Well, this has the... So when you were going through the menu the other day, it has the history of the games and then infographs and stuff that you can yeah, go Yeah, quotes and all artwork. in with where the games can be played. Yeah. Which is It's like, an interactive museum yeah. piece. One of the things I was going to ask is, um, it's unlikely, but was Alien vs. Predator for the Jaguar? No, because that wasn't made by Atari. Oh, God damn, it wasn't, was it? No. I thought the conversion was done by No, no. Because that's the only that's the only game from the Jaguar. It has got beach bikini volleyball volleyball for the Atari Lynx. It's got Cybermorph. Is Cybermorph the three D one with the robot? Yeah, the one that keeps talking to you and everyone hates it. No, that's that's the plane. It's a flying thing. Yeah, no, I'm. It was like their answer to Star Fox. On the Atari Lynx, there was a robot side scroller that had multiple levels that you go back in and out of, and had perspective shifting and stuff, and it had like monsters if they're in the. Definitely, I haven't got to the Atari Lynx stuff yet. Yeah, they were like divid and stuff, so they would like look look like they were shimmering or they were see through. Really fucking good game. No, no, I want to see someone do this with a Sega collection. Um, yeah, it'd be nice if Sega got like because there's some real good history of Sega. I've got the Dreamcast games, Like you could you could chart the entirety of Sega's hardware thing doing that. Um, but like you know, maybe get the Mega Drive game sounding right and get a yeah. good emulator for it because a lot of the time these collections have pretty terrible emulators. I mean, like the thing about the audio is no one just takes the time to capture it. There are so many of the original consoles that you could just capture that audio again and sample it. The thing is with Mega Drive is that there's different sound chips for different yeah, model Mega Drives, so no one agrees what they sound like. Just That's the thing. But just, just not make it sound like them. utter shite like some of the At Games ones did. And, and all the Mega Drive collections quite often have loads of input latency. Like, you know the versions you get on Switch's um, download thing? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, the Plus. The emulation of the Mega Drive games on there is better than on, like, the actual Sega Mega Drive collection you can get on Switch. Oh, really? Yeah. It's still got a bit of input latency, but... Not um, as much. Yeah, which I'm like after I got the Mega SG, I started realizing how much input latency there is on some of these emulators. Yeah. I mean that little console, the the small Mega Drive one that I've got, then you. No, that's still that's still not as good as Mega SG. Is it not? No. because oh, I thought that was quite good because that's like got a special chip. It's uh, all right. It sounds a bit off to me, but oh okay. But it was all right. But um, yeah, I haven't played that for a while. But I've got I've got the Mega SG, haven't I? So. Do you know what I keep meaning to play? Is the old uh, mini um Miggy Miggy. The old mini um, Super Nintendo? Yeah, I've got, I, my one's gone all Japanese. I don't know what happened to it. Oh, you've got the NES one, haven't you? I've got the SNES one down there. Do you have the SNES one? I've got the SNES and the NES one. Did I give you the NES one, but my SNES one's in here? I don't know. Oh. But the SNES one's all gone Japanese. Oh, okay. That's probably my fault. Yeah, I don't know. Is the SNES one the one with the wireless controller? Because that's the one that was mine. No, it's wired. It has a wired one and a wireless one, I think. Because I bought a wireless one for my one. I give you the NES one for Christmas, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the NES one's better anyway. To be honest, the NES one's just such a nice device. And that menu on it is just fucking art. Let's get that Mega Drive 2 they've done. Oh, yeah, because it's, it's got CD got, games um, on it. Strider. Yeah, got- Strider? Yeah. No, not Strider. Um, Stalker. Is it Stalker? Hideo Kojima's. Oh, you, you won't be able to, but it's one in Japanese. Is it? Yeah. Oh. No, there was no translation of that. But anyway, Atari Collection. 50. Atari 50. How much was it? Uh, I mean, I used the voucher to get it, so it didn't it's cost me anything. It's a budget game, isn't it? Nah, it's like 40 quid. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought it was like a budget thing. But, um, but I had a voucher, didn't I, work, so I used oh, that yeah, to get it. So, 
I think I ended up paying like £10 towards it or something because I got other stuff. So what did I pick up the other day? Controller. Castle of Illusion and Quackshot on Mega Drive. Yeah, The double pounds. pack. Yeah, and there's something else underneath there. Mortal Kombat 2 and Street Fighter 2. Um, I got Street Fighter 2 on Mega Drive. All boxed. We got a copy of Buster Bust Loose at work. I might buy that. That's for the snares. That was all right. Anyway, your last review, you mother chubber. Great question, Ant, and I'm going to answer that question with another question. Ant, what books do I read with pictures? What books? What books do I read with pictures, Ant? I don't know. Well, Ant, if you answer Junji Ito's complete collection of novels, which are downstairs at the bottom of the stairs, and I recently bought Uzumaki for the second time because I lent my sister my copy and she said she really liked I thought it. You so read, I, uh, I thought you read the dictionary. I read the dictionary. Because you know how people always say, if you want to look up gullible, there's a picture of you in the dictionary next to it. There's no I pictures actually, in the dictionary. It's quite funny. I got told the same thing, but about the word cunt. Anyway, mm. so... Well, Junji- there's a picture of you next to the word cunt. Yeah. In the <laughs> Holding my mouth yeah. open. Well, I've got a beard, and I just do the cheeks. I'm like, I'm fucking, I'm such a child. Anyway, um, I read, I've read almost every Jujito um, collection released because Viz Media are doing translations. I love his books. Um, I love his work. It's all just fucking weird. Yeah, it's cool right now to like Jujito stuff, isn't it? It's what all the cool kids are into. Yeah, yeah. It's what the hip kids are into. A yeah. fucking bunch of books. I heard they're going to make a live-action movie of... <laughs> what's that one when the guy wants to go in the hole? It's my hole. Oh, it's me going yeah. full, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's going to have The Rock in it. And Chris Pratt's going to play the hole. <laughs> it's my natural home. I'm a rock. I deserve a hole. Yeah. Rock and hole. <laughs> Obviously, it'll be adapted for oh it. Oh, my so God. That's the, that's the title. They're going to put rock in the car and chases yeah. and stuff that... Junji Ito originally wanted in there. Um, so Junji Ito, for anyone who doesn't know, he's a dental technician <laughs> who became a horror manga car. Um, so he he writes he writes weird stories in which like often it's mixed in with like it's body horror stuff or it's it's stuff that hints at like other universes overlapping with ours and different things occurring. Um, and his 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 books are very well known. If you know anything about manga or horror manga in particular, then he's one of the one of the people that will often come up as like an artist or a writer that's that's very prolific. And he's done stuff like he's he's done an animate uh, not animated. He's done a, 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 a comic book version of Frankenstein, which I think that if you've not read Frankenstein in a while, it's a fucking incredible version of that story. And the way that he draws Frankenstein's monster. Is incredible because he he basically writes it as if the guy's like making this this. Yeah, being. What are you reviewing? Shut up! He's making this being out of parts, and it just ends up being big and and lumbering and horrifying and and just like a mishmash of all this horrific like leftover bits from dead bodies, and it just it looks spectacular. Such a good art <laughs> artist. Um. So anyway, Jujita, I've confirmed I'm a fan. <laughs> He recently had a collection of, of animated films that weren't very good. Um, and it's like sort of a running theme is there'll be animated versions of his works and they just won't end up being very good because they often, um, they try and use his original artwork entirely and it doesn't always translate to, um, to like moving images as well. I think probably the most successful animated film based on his work was Gyo When Fish Attack, which is, 
an adaptation of his story, Gyo, which is all about World War Two devices being in the ocean and then basically made a device that could use dead bodies as fuel. It would it would infect enemy soldiers. I mean, it that's inf- cars. It would infect enemy soldiers and then these like mechanised legs would come along. They'd take the soldiers infected and they would sit on this mechanised thing. A tube would gut their ass, and then one would go in their mouth and then in their nostrils and then using the gas produced from their infected, rotting body, it would power this little machine to like go around and infect other people. Mm. And there were just hundreds of them. Because basically they try to bury the experiment by chucking it into the ocean. But those goddamn fish got gas. That's more sink in it. What? You bury stuff under dirt. You sink stuff in the ocean. Technically you can bury stuff in the ocean. There's dirt at the bottom of the ocean, Anne. I mean, you got to wait for it to... I mean, come on now. World War II, 70 years, they've waited long enough. Let them off, all right? Um, anyway, so, um, yeah, so his, his stuff doesn't often translate well. There are, like, live What action. are you reviewing? Shut up, Anne. There are this li- is like 10 minutes of preamble. I uh, There's going to be more if you don't shut up. <laughs> there are live-action versions of his work. There was a particular story about a man who, who keeps falling asleep and ageing longer and longer periods in between each each night. So basically, he'll go to sleep and experience 100 years and then he'll wake up and his body will have evolved the equivalent of 100 years of human life. And it's just like that period that he ages in the dream gets longer despite the fact he's only sleeping for six hours, eight hours in the night. And eventually he wakes up and he's this monstrous, fucking creepy monster man thingy. And uh, they're like, they're like, He's a horrible monster. Stay away from him. And he's like, in his dreams, he imagined a woman that's similar to another patient. And he's trying to find her in the hospital. He's like, my love. And he's got this fucking creepy head and his eyes. He doesn't have eyelids anymore. And he's like, my love. And she's like, oh, God, that's terrifying. That's, that's horrifying. Ew. Ew, I don't love you. And he goes to sleep and eventually just becomes dust and rots away. Yeah. But then she wakes up the next morning. And she's like, I lived a hundred years. And they're like, ah, no. Everybody's got it now. Um, and it's actually really good. It's really good because it's it's all live action. And that's kind of the thing. His work really does relay well to live action, to live action work like Uzumaki. It's not a complete idea, the film they released in 1999 or 2000, I think, actually, sorry. But it's it's a very close approximation of some parts of that story. And if they had stuck to the original story, I don't think it would have worked because it's become so expansive, the original story. It becomes really crazy. Like, it goes from just being about a village being haunted by... But you're not reviewing Uzumaki. And what did I tell you? I need to know what you're reviewing. All right. So I'm going to review Maniac, the Junji Ito series on Netflix. Okay. Is that one with the guy getting old in it? No. Well, why did you go on about that for so long? Because I was trying to defend the adaptations of Junji Ito, some of them, as being good, whereas this is a pile of shit. No. Well, it's not a pile of shit. Let me get this. Let me let me just make a point. It starts off with one of the weakest Junji Ito stories about um about a family like it's it's about these siblings whose parents have died, so they all um they're all haunted by these horrible spirits, this bad energy, and the eldest boy is trying to woo a woman that he meets when he's slacking off and pretending he's going to work. And they're like, oh, oh, she's she's into spirits. She should come here and take pictures of the house. And they're like, yeah, maybe she shouldn't. And then he's like, yeah, okay, yeah, she can. And they have a seance. And one of the siblings fakes a ghost, like an apparition. And uh, and it's just, and it, it, it just doesn't get any more interesting. It just is boring. 
It's bad stuff. Yeah, all the good ones have been licensed. No, they so they haven't. only have to make no, the ones. No, they, they can't all have been licensed. He's got the weird like, cats. Got hundreds of stories. What's some of the weird cats. That's his diary. That's a that's a satirical mm. thing about his diary. His his cats. There's one about cats. Yeah. No, I don't know. There's like there's a there's a joke one that's basically meant to be satire, and it's the diary of his cats. It's one of the spiders. Yeah, that's his cat one. Yeah. It's a satirical thing about cats. There's like he has hundreds of stories at this point. Oh. And there are like there are some really good stories that you could adapt well, but just trying to all they do is they try and copy his art style into animated things. And his art style is quite simplistic. It's very beautifully shaded and it's in black and white, but once you make it colour and you make it animated, it loses some of that effect. Especially in the detail, because some of those pages that you turn to and it's it is simple concepts. Like, there is a story in which two kids find a small idol that has these holes in it, like it's been drilled through. And one of the boys picks up the idol and takes it home. And then the next day, he finds out that he's got, like, these holes appearing on his body. Mm. And it's such a simple, silly concept. Like, oh, you've got holes in your body. But then, like, he goes to his friend's house a couple of days later, and he's like, hey, watch out. This is happening to him. And he goes, what do you mean? And he turns, and he's got, like, a, a hole leading into his mouth. And you can see his teeth. And, like, he's got, like, oh. one spring. And it's just gross. And it's a gross idea. And it makes you a bit, like, uneasy. Oh, he's got and holes. The level of detail in it. And it's just it's beautifully done. And the way it builds to this. And it just doesn't work in animated form. And it, it could work. This is the problem. If you're not too terrified to move into a different format with this stuff, it could work beautifully. Like, just draw it in a different way. Or just make it live action. But don't try and copy Junji Ito's original artwork and just go, there you go, that's done. It, it's not like The yeah, Last of Us. If it's in colour, it's better. It's not like The Last of Us where they've taken well, the idea... they colourise Scott Pilgrim versus <laughs> the world for no reason. It's not like The Last of Us where they've taken a video game and then made it into a TV programme because they've changed stuff in that transition. It's a different format. It's like they took The Last of Us video game and just recorded someone playing it and then went, this is your TV program. That's, that's a let's one. play. That's a let's play. And that's you got that on YouTube. You that's free. Um, but yeah, it's I can just, do let's plays of comics. It's really fucking baffling. It's so baffling that they haven't gone... Yeah, but it's what people want now. No, it's not. They are. People no want exactly wants the thing they already know. Nobody wanted it when the Junji Ito collection came out. The moment when superhero costumes don't look Jun- exactly like the, the superhero The Junji Ito comics. collection had two series, and nobody liked any of that. And they still fucking did it. And then they've just done the exact same thing again here, with a better theme song. Theme song's pretty banging. Well, for, well, there was another one. Yeah, there was a Junji Ito collection that uh, was done about two years ago, and I think it was two seasons. What was that on? That was on like um, that was on like Adult Swim or something. Yeah. Or it was. They were doing Uzumaki, weren't they? Well, Uzumaki is still happening. That's Adult Swim. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it just. It, I'm sorry, I'm looking up Junji Ito collection, just to see what it was on. It's going to be on the books. No, it just brings up one of my searches, and it's Junji Ito magic cards because yeah. I was trying to find. Trying to find when uh, his magic cards were being released. Oh, it was on Crunchyroll. Yeah, yeah. That's a thing for perverts. It is. Oh, it was twelve episodes. Sorry, it wasn't. It wasn't two series. It was twelve episodes. But it was just bad. It just none of the stories were well translated. And yeah, smashed rumors, greased. Like some of these, some of these books, some of these stories are fucking amazing. The Greasy Strangler. Yeah. Fuck yeah. 
Uh, but some of the stories are amazing that they've done here, and it's just none of them are translated well. And that's the problem, it's just, it is that translation, it just needs to be, just use the shit that you've got, but do it properly. Oh uh, yeah, Suichi's so, Convenient Curse was the start to Junjito Collection. This was 2018, and that was a bad fucking choice, because Suichi is such a fucking irritating character. He's the little one who, like, has the nails and the candles strapped to his head to light his way. Yeah. It's just a fucking terrible, terrible story. But like, um... Oh, The Long Dream was adapted for that series as well. Trust all the good ones had been licensed for films and stuff, haven't they? Well, I don't think You're going to get a HBO prestige series. Maybe. If they did that, I'd be really happy if they did that. Based on the cat thing. Yeah. Or um, the one with the guy in the wall. He's like, it's my wall. This hole was made for me. That guy. Everyone knows that one. Yeah, so in 2000... That was when that was when the long dream was um, made into a live action film, which is all on YouTube. This was also the second episode of the Junji Ito collection. It was one of two segments because those were hour hour long episodes, and it was fifty eight minutes. The original one that you find on YouTube and it's amazing. Check that out if you're looking for something that's a Junji Ito story, um, done in a different way, in a different format. Uh, otherwise, yeah, like it's all his famous stories here, like Boy at the Crossroads, Slug Girl. Shiver, the ongoing slug, television Slug girl? Yeah, it's about a girl who um, starts... Is she a slug? No, she, she wakes up and finds she has a slug's a slug sticking out of her mouth. There's like a tongue. And her parents are like, well, if we put salt in her mouth, it'll get rid of it. Yeah. And it just drives her really mad and crazy. And then they're like, all right, this has gone on too long. We need to do something about this. And so they put her... They submerge her whole body in a thing of, bar, in a thing of salt in the bath. And it erodes her entire body. And then the slug crawls off of her head as its shell. And it's just like they see it in the trees. It's such a creepy idea. Oh. Yeah. Um, there's one There's one in this that's a really good story that's about a woman who finds out her daughter, who finds her daughter, who's, who's like 12, I think, um, or older, maybe 18, but she finds her daughter has a crack running down her face. And the daughter's still alive, but she's like, this hurts, I don't like this. And then one day her skin peels off and there's like another layer below with the crack uh. still there. And the mum's like, oh, I can, I can keep removing the skin because I can hear my... When she's asleep, I can hear my two-year-old daughter inside of her crying. And if I peel off enough layers, she'll get younger and younger until I get to my daughter. Yeah. And she does that. She starts peeling off the layers whilst her daughter's passed out. And then she peels off, like, all the layers until it's just a two-year-old's head. But then the body is like this mangled, like, matchstick, like, fucking... Just, it's just skin and what's left of the bones. Yeah. And where her organs are, there's just, like, these spirals and, like, one lump. And it's just, like, indistinguishable from human. But she's still alive. She's like, Mom, I love you. It's like, oh, oh, you're gross now. And then the mum tries to peel her face off. She's like, maybe we're all cursed. And like, ah, no, I'm not cursed. I've just got face skin. Oh. Yeah, great, great times. But Jujito, I recommend any of his books. Um, maybe not Ramina. That's probably the hardest one to get into. They should do one where someone's got fingers, but the fingers are on the head. Anyway, so and then everyone gets fingers on their head. Check out, um, check out Smashed. Smashed is a good is a good book to to pick up if you want to start there. Um, Gio um, or Uzumaki is fantastic. You can pick up for about fourteen pounds on eBay now. The hardcover copy is really really good story, really creepy, and there's a lot of it's it's one long narrative, but there's creepy little events involving spirals and stuff going on, and it has some incredible body horror, like the slower students in school. Like there's a point where everybody started to get affected by these spirals in different ways. 
but then the slowest students in school, one of them turns up to school one day and he's like, oh, you're always late for class and goes, I was walking in. And they notice he's going slower and slower. And then he comes in one day and he's just like dripping ooze. And they're like, didn't you, wait, you haven't been in for weeks. Why have you come in today? And he goes, oh, I like the rain. And it's like, oh, okay. And he starts coming in like when it's raining only. And eventually he comes in and he's got like a hardened spiral appearing out of his back and he's just becoming a slug human. Yeah. And then he gets to the last few pages of the book and you see people with like, who have just become slugs, basically. Their legs are fused together and they've got arms still, but they've got eye stalks and they're just like sliding up the side of the school and it's really creepy. Such a great idea and such a Wouldn't it be more likely like snails? Snails, sorry, like snails. Yeah, because they tend to have spiral shells. The other thing as well is that within Uzumaki, like because people start getting desperate because this curse starts like enveloping more and more of the town, they eventually go, we've got to hike out of here. So people start trying to escape, but because it's a spiral... Like, time just goes slower and slower the further out you get. So that you can travel and travel and travel, but it's just like you're you're not even making a day's worth of progress, even if you spend days and days and days out there. And so people start becoming desperate. And as their fellow, like, escapees, as people trekking this journey, trying to get out there, the ones who get slow, people start hanging back, waiting for them to transform into a snail, and then cooking them and eating them. Sweet. It's just such a fucking creepy concept. They're like... He's slowing down. That's dinner sorted tomorrow. <laughs> it's just really fucking cool. And like, it's the kind of stuff that you read it and you go, this is incredibly creepy and interesting. And just none of that in any of these. It's just a soulless adaptation of his work. And that I think that's key is like soulless because he's written so much shit. And even now we've got like three or four collected books coming out. They're being translated because it's just the work he's done over the last few years, just getting collected and translated and then released by Viz. Um, all the hardcovers I've got downstairs have been released in the last five, six years. Like, it's literally just release after release after release. The oldest one is Gyo, which is 2012, and my to- my copy of Tomie, which is the complete collections of the Tomio stories, which is, like, several different characters called Tomie, who keeps getting killed by men in horrible ways, and they're, like, basically... Yeah. Something about patriarchy. Yeah. I could write stuff like this. Yeah, of course you can. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Um... Go on then. Council estate kid. Yeah, um, becomes a slug. Yeah, he picks up a picks up a knife, but then because council estate kid's famous for knifing people. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. But then every morning when he wakes up, another knife is stabbed into him. Oh right. And they can't take him out. What's the name of the story? Knife. <laughs> knife. Knife boy. <laughs> it's a really wacky one. <laughs> Kid's got a mobile phone. Yeah. And he gets shot in the mobile phone. <laughs> And it gives him mobile phone what? powers. Wait, does Maisie Williams get raped for this story for some reason? You're talking about iBoy, yeah? What? <laughs> Never heard of it. Yeah, Maisie Williams. I remember reviewing that film and it made me so angry because it doesn't need to happen. It has no impact on the plot. Maisie Williams gets... That raped. happens on council states It's essentially assaulted in that film for no reason. You've got to reflect real life. Oh, That's so what it's gross. like on the streets. Oh, is it? Yeah. Like the streets of... Um, of Croydon. Mean the streets. streets of Philadelphia. Mean streets of fucking Philadelphia. You're in my heart. Old Woking. Wokingham. P H I L D E L P H I A. Anyway. You're done now. Yeah, I'm d- it's it's not good, guys. It's not good. It's a- it's not as bad as say uh Rob Rob Schneider. But it is, it is definitely uh, uh, Adam Sandler. Oh, this show will get multiple seasons. You reckon? Forever. Yeah, because Netflix don't keep the good stuff, so they only... Oh, they're going to make this shit forever. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's what happens. Why did they cancel Sabrina's Teenage Witch to replace it with a show about a spooky girl? Wait, what? Teenager with Wednesday. I didn't know that. They quite clearly. That's the, that's why Sabrina. What they could have just carried on doing Sabrina. Yeah, they could have the teenage bitch. Don't be mean to her. She's a bitch because she won't sleep with me. No. And I deserve people sleeping with me because I'm a nice guy. No, you're not. I'm a nice guy, and You're a horrible Nazi. If I'm nice to women, then I should get sex. No. <laughs> what can I have sex with, ladies? I've done one nice thing. Where's my... <laughs> I carried your shopping, so let me in your house. Yeah. It's yeah. fucking yeah. terrifying that that exists. So... We like Why recently. Did you that? I was talking well, about Sabrina's teenage. Yeah, witch. you were, and then you started talking about forcing and women, Wednesday forcing women to do stuff to your penis. Um, what? I've been I, since since dating and being on dating websites. I have been told some horrific things, and I thought, well, you know, I'm glad I'm not one of those people. And then I gave a woman my number. <laughs> I'm a psychopath. Basically, that's good. You should say that on here. There, anyway. No, because she's not going to listen to this. She's not going to listen to this. She might be the one person that listens she's every not week. You be never the know. Who listens to this? But basically, she. I spoke to her for the, all of two minutes on a dating website, and then I got sent a message that says. Um, so basically, I was just like, I said, I've got a full time job, and I also I deal with animals and stuff, so I don't have a ton of time. But when I do have time. I like to hang out with people. I'm more than happy to go on a date and get a drink and stuff. Um, Can I end the podcast? And she started asking me questions like, why did you join a dating site then? And I was like, you know, I can make time for people. It's like, but Sally, have you got time to put a human being part of your life too? And I was like, what? And then I do think that if I had never said anything about my past, then you would have subconsciously been a bit more eager to know me more. And I was like, we started talking two hours ago. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> who the fuck is this person what is that and I don't know man but can I end the p- and I p- gave her your name and our address <laughs> and your picture there's no way she'd be communicating with you and that's no anyway can I end the podcast she turns up the house she's like Ann it's me I'm gonna stab you for not talking to me like in my story knife boy <laughs> I get your story Knife Boy. It turns out someone's just been stabbing him every night. Can I can I write Knife Boy for the next episode? No, I'm going to end the podcast. I'm going to write Knife Boy. Next episode, we're going to have a short story at the beginning. Instead of news or anything else, I'm going to read the story Knife Boy. All right. Yeah? Well, I'm going to sue you for... No, you're not, because you haven't copyrighted this. I've copyrighted it. No, you haven't. (laughs) Copyright 2023. Quickly quickly register the copyright on Knife Boy. All right. Bye, everybody. Oh, Rishi, Rishi Sunak is fucking useless. I don't know if he fucks kids. He probably does. He's got millions. He's one of those fucking people. Oh, yeah. Glad you could put that in there at the end. Can we? Can I end it now? Why? We can't get done for live. What's Rishi Sunak? Of course he fucks kids. He's a manlet. He's only like four manlet. foot tall. Yeah, he's tiny. Did you see that video of Keir Starmer playing football with the Yeah, he's just <laughs> lumbering around like fucking Frankenstein. <laughs> Keir smash! <laughs> I thought he played football with his mates. Yeah, I weekend. thought he did anything other than act like a fucking monster. Uh, anyway, bye. Anyway, bye, everyone. Bye. bye.